Welcome, everybody, to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. This is the day we have all been waiting for. <sighs> Today is the day of the Rule 5 draft. Major League Baseball is selecting some of the top prospects around the league, getting them to their active rosters. It's going to be crazy. I hate you. <laughs> love it. I love it. Thought April Fool's Day was already had already passed us by. When you, when you hey, it's still April. It still counts. <laughs> I don't know if no. that's how that works, but okay. Today is the day of the NFL draft. Today is actually the first time in NFL history the draft has happened in the, I guess, western half of the United States. To be honest with you, um, is Las Vegas in Pacific time or in Mountain time? Yeah, Pacific. Pacific time. Pacific time. It is definitely the first time it's ever been happening in Pacific time. So this is absolutely insane. Dude, um, it's, it's nuts a, out there because it's like right? midday. Like, I know. <laughs> That's the best thing about Pacific time zones. You get all the primetime stuff right as you get off work. Yep. <laughs> I mean, best if – I don't know if that's the, exactly the right wording for it. Uh, it's one of the interesting things about Pacific time. I'll give you that for sure. Um, but, yeah, the NFL draft is happening in Las Vegas, Nevada. The first time ever, uh, definitely, definitely the first time ever in Las Vegas. But not only that, the first time in the Western half of the U.S. This is pretty insane. So we're looking at a 5 p.m. first round draft start out there, local time, 8 p.m. Yep. Eastern time. We're getting rolling in about half an hour here. So we have some things to get on top of before about half an hour early starts. I know we're about a half hour before. The draft technically begins, and then probably about a half hour after that until we have first pick. <laughs> I won't. I won't oh lie to you. I won't even yeah. lie to you. I kind of want to just do something we haven't really done before, and just start with uh, the thing that we've been doing for I don't know a few months at least. Anyway, right? You talking about bracket time? Yeah, of course I'm talking about bracket time. I think it's about time for some bracket time. Hey, this is the last. Final day, if you've been keeping up with us, you know we've been counting down the best MVP in NFL history. And we're getting started before the NFL draft even starts here today. We are looking at the final four of the greatest MVPs in NFL history. Ever since 1958, when this award started, and Jim Brown got the first two in a row. And some of these MVPs we've seen come through are really incredible. And we have narrowed it down to four with your help. And not only that, we are down to, I mean, goodness, we've had your votes on social medias here. We're trying to determine the absolute greatest MVP in NFL history. Now, let's talk about who the four are. 1977, Walter Payton. 1999, Kurt Warner. 2007, Tom Brady. 2013, Peyton Manning. And all of these quarterbacks and this running back here have some incredible stats in their respective seasons. They all played pretty much a different style of football in their day. I mean, even comparing 2013 Peyton Manning, 2007 Tom Brady, it's almost a different style those, of football uh, between them as well. This is and really those are two of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some truly incredible NFL seasons from these four players. We have narrowed it down to these four. And then on social media, we asked for your input 
on who is the absolute greatest. You guys voted for Walter Payton. I'm, I'm just going to say I'm thoroughly impressed because Ben was adding up these votes as you were doing that intro, and I did not see his face light up with glee. Um, <laughs> ben, oh, I'll be honest, though. Folks. I was thinking about this on the way in. Uh, I'd seen Peyton <clears throat> was leading, Walter Peyton, that is, was leading early on Instagram, and it was a neck-and-neck neck race on Twitter the last time I looked. There was... Like, it literally, it was a four-way tie when I looked the first time. So, for it to have shaken out this way, I'm kind of surprised. But honestly, I I was sitting there thinking about it, and I didn't know which way I would even go. So, the fact that Walter Payton won, that's nice. I don't have any conflict or you know negative thoughts or feelings about that, honestly. Uh, I have no clue how I'm going to rank the next three, though. That is for sure. It, it doesn't seem right to put any of them fourth, but at the same time, they're still the top four of all NFL MVPs, right? So if I, you're thinking that, let me go ahead and say, before you get started here, Tug, so the way we've decided to do this and the way we've done the past couple of actual bracket time votes here, whoever you guys vote for on social media when we get down to these final four is our winner. So that means Walter Payton, 1977, is the number one greatest MVP in NFL history, according to our bracket here. Now, we are determining the next three. So two, three, and four, we are determining right here. Go ahead and start us off, Tug. What do you think? So, again, I, I understand where everyone's coming from with Walter Payton. The tough part for me is, honestly, Ben, you said you didn't know who you'd have put first. I probably would have put Tom Brady first, which is going to put him right there in second for me. And I know I'm, I'm wearing an Xavier Howard jersey, a signed Xavier <laughs> Howard jersey. Uh, Doug, I appreciate you, buddy. Um, Happy birthday, brother. It, but looking at it statistically, yeah, he doesn't surpass Peyton Manning's stats from that one season. But when you break it down, Tom Brady set almost all of the records that year. Oh, and he went 16-0. He couldn't finish it off, which... Still makes me happy, mm. but when, when you when you add that into it, that he was able to go sixteen and zero with it, for me that puts it over the top. So Tom Brady's gonna be my number two here. I want to jump in here before you go, Ben, uh, because I have almost the exact opposite opinion. I would actually put Tom Brady at number four out of this group. Uh, I think Peyton Manning and then Kurt Warner and then Tom Brady here. Just because you know, when you're comparing 2007 Tom Brady and 1999 Kurt Warner, you can't exactly do a one-to-one -one comparison of yards and touchdowns. It is a different era of the NFL, right? This is even, like I was saying in the introduction here, 2013 and 2007 is a different era of yeah. the NFL. So comparing those guys, yes, Tom Brady did set some records. That was incredible what he was able to do. But at the same time, Kurt Warner did that eight years prior and actually had surprisingly similar stats back then in a completely different NFL. I would have Peyton Manning above Kurt Warner, even though just because that clearing 5,000 yards is incredible and to do it in 2013, that's just insane. And all three of these guys did make the Super Bowl. Only one of them won it. That's what pushes Kurt Warner above Tom Brady to me. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, you got you got the whole circle going on here, right? Because you got 
Tom Brady putting together a perfect regular season. He won him and the Patriots won what twenty three straight games during that streak too. Yep. Right? Like it went back to the middle of the previous season. Uh and but again, losing the Super Bowl on on an MVP season like that, like that's that's a big deal. Wasn't this the unanimous uh MVP voting year for Tom Brady as well? It was not. It this was, was not. not. That was two thousand ten, which has been knocked out of a bracket for quite a while now. That's that's impressive. I Tom Brady won it too many times. The only thing that helps me keep Peyton Manning straight and which MVP this was for him is that he won it with the Broncos. <clears throat> so, really, number two comes down to Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner for me because Kurt Warner came out of nowhere to do this, right? And Peyton Manning threw for 5,000 yards. We can talk about that in a second. Kurt Warner came out of nowhere and did this. The way that offense worked, the greatest show on turf, the way all that went, it kind of changed the game a little bit, right? Marshall Falk was a great running back, great guy to hand the ball off to and let him run downfield. He was also a great receiving back. And you look at where the game is now, you've got like two, three pure running backs, looking at like Derrick Henry, uh, Jonathan Taylor. But even those guys can come out of the backfield and catch the ball, right? I, that it, he kind of revolutionized change the position. I know we're talking about running back. We're not talking about Kurt Warner here. But Kurt Warner was the one leading this offense up. And I think when you really – if you really want to get down to the bare bones of it and look at why the game is the way it is now and how we got to this point, I personally think it starts with Kurt Warner in the greatest show on turf in 1999. So I do want to make a rebuttal before we pass off the tug here. I just want to say, you know, this is the same kind of situation we talked about with, you know, Barry Sanders and the Heisman Trophy bracket, you know, I understand when you change the game, revolutionize the game, and people try to emulate you. Peyton Manning did something in 2013 that no one's been able to replicate. And that's, let alone that's, what, I was, to. that's so, what I was getting to is I yeah. don't know. I don't know how much you can say Kurt Warner just deserves it over Peyton Manning to be right. our number two here. But I also don't know how much you want to knock Peyton Manning for not getting the job done in the Super Bowl that year, right? I, I feel like that's – he's true. Kurt Warner has the trump card of the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning has the trump card of the yards. At the end of the day, I think both of them have the same regular season record, which Tom Brady has the trump card there. So yeah. it's it's a big circle for me. I, I hate that you guys aren't together because I didn't want to have to make a decision. <laughs> what do you think, Tug? Have you been swayed at all? So – I, I see where you guys are coming from, but again, that 16-0 stands out to me. And then one thing I do want to highlight, one thing I do want to highlight with this, this was, if you're talking about Kurt Warner coming out of nowhere, this was Tom Brady's breakout year, right? When you look at his previous years, he was effective. He had a, a solid team around him. He had a defense behind him. His first three Super Bowls were team wins, right? He, this was the year that he broke out and established himself in the conversation for the GOAT. Uh, he had been went, beating Peyton Manning for a while, but this was the season that, like I said, this one is peak Tom Brady. This was his season where he actually made a name for himself and undeniably a key piece of that offense. Um, now, in full fairness, he also had a Randy um, Moss Ah, dude, this is this is tough. I see where you guys are coming. You both sound like you're putting Peyton Manning at two. If that's accurate, I'm o I'm okay conceding that. 
You know what I will say, and I really hate to say this, the way the bracket worked out, I feel like 2001 Kurt Warner would have had a sort of better chance than this 1999 Kurt Warner. Technically, statistically, 2001 Kurt Warner was a little bit better, maybe, in, uh, in a couple areas. And that might have swayed a couple of different things here. I I will say I've been trying to knock this Kurt Warner out for about the past three rounds. <laughs> true. That is true. Um, I'm, I am surprised that this Kurt Warner beat out Lamar Jackson. Um, but also, 2001 Kurt Warner went up against Walter Payton here, and he just won the entire thing. So... Wow. I would say if we do have to make a fourth, it might be 1999 Kurt Warner. Might make a lot of sense here. And then we have to determine, I'm saying Peyton Manning. It sounds like folks still saying Tom Brady for that number two. What do you think, Ben? Are you, are you okay with that, even putting 1999 Kurt Warner at number four? And that that's my... Uh, you know what? I honestly would just want to say yes because, again, this is what I always kind of ended up coming back to is that these are still the top four guys, right? So yep. right. putting right. putting somebody at four, like making a big deal about it. That is okay, no disrespect at all. right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a fantastic season, fantastic year by Kurt Warner. I'm fine putting him last, however I do think. Uh, I I do think we I think I agree Peyton Manning two Tom Brady three yeah okay. I could Kurt Warner that. Kurt Warner four all right and that does conclude our NFL MVP bracket which wow thank you so much for your help on social media voting on these guys this has been a huge bracket our second huge bracket in a row I think we're gonna take a couple of weeks break and then come back with something a little bit lighter. But at the same time, this is this has been just a really fun bracket experience for the, almost the past year now. Going through Heisman Trophy winners, going through NFL MVPs, to settle on Walter Payton too. It's gonna make you pretty happy, bud. I, you know, again, I love it. Uh, I, I don't know that I, I necessarily would have voted this way though. Like I, but that's the problem though. I don't know who I would have put number one. Right when you when you look at Walter Payton, this was his best year, and kind of similar to how when Barry Sanders got his MVP, it was kind of what was the most watchable about the Bears at the time. The defense was still kind of coming together, becoming what they would be remembered for in 1985. You know, they they weren't quite there yet, right? It was kind of like uh, comparing it to another Chicago team. It's like when Jordan got to the Bulls, right? People went to see Michael Jordan play. The Bulls were just the rest of the team around him, so. I think a lot of that kind of plays into it. Walter Payton had one of the best seasons we had seen to that point. Uh, it has since been surpassed. But if you go and wa- if you've never watched Walter Payton highlights, do yourself a favor, go watch him. He's got moves. He's got grit. Really, I, they don't make running backs like Walter Payton anymore. Honestly. What do you think, Tug? Any closing thoughts on this bracket? No, nah, man. It's been fun. It's. It- Dude, I, I love diving in and seeing what a lot of these guys did throughout their careers and, you know, the in and outs of it. I just wish it wasn't wish it wasn't a popularity contest now because that's ultimately what it's become. 
Well, I mean, even in those brackets, I don't think it became a popularity contest. A little bit, it's almost yeah. hard to avoid that, right? Uh, but at, at some extent, these four guys at the end here really did earn their keep as MVPs and absolutely a fun conversation here. Uh, and what a way to start off our draft coverage is to talk about MVPs. This is the kind of thing that we hope some of these guys in this NFL draft can become. We're looking for some pro bowlers, some all pros, maybe even an MVP or two in this draft. And if we have more than one, this can become a legendary draft. But at the same time, we might get one here, and that would certainly be worth watching out for. Man, I cannot wait for this NFL draft. I This is my favorite event of the NFL calendar every single season. And mostly because I'm more of a college football fan than an NFL fan. Let's be real. Can't wait to see get my guys get drafted here. Um, I know Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, going to be on the board today. Speaking oh, of you guys getting drafted, here in about 15 minutes, I'll be having a little wardrobe change. I got my, uh, my Justin Fields jersey on standby. Oh, uh, boy for the draft going on here. We've got plenty of stories to talk about. I say we just kind of start with them, and then once we see that dickhead Roger Goodell walk onto the stage, we just pause, and we'll we'll fill in breaks and intermissions uh, with more stories. But I think, I don't know, do we want to start with the NFL? We're going to be talking a lot of NFL here soon. But before we get pressing forward, I do want to sit there and say I'm seeing reports – that the Jaguars have already made their decision um, on the number yeah. one pick. It hasn't been announced, obviously. There, I haven't right. seen the rumors on who it is. But I swear to God, if they take ten minutes, I'm going to lose my mind. Don't they will, and I would like to point out. I would like to point out. I was making these complaints last year, and it irritated the shit out of you. And you're making the very same complaints. So welcome, welcome to the dark side. It's it's only for the it's only for the first I, pick. If you're going to sit there and say for the first pick, then just get it out there. You know, there's there's a whole lot of things that go into the draft, so we'll see what happens here. I have definitely heard the decision is Trayvon Walker, edge rusher out of Georgia, which is an absolutely meteoric rise for him, i got to say. Uh, just about a month and a half ago, he was probably considered a second or third rounder, and now being potentially the number one overall pick. i got to say, the, the reason he was considered that low is only because of his production in college. But then you look at the rest of that front seven on Georgia, Man, everybody had production. It was just spread around, and everybody was in rotation. So you see his combine results, see his senior bowl results, see how he measured at the combine. That's pretty incredible. And, you know, the kind of length that Trent Balky seems to covet. You know, that kind of production is not necessarily there. Aiden Hutchinson had to play a whole lot more. So, yes, he does have more production. Per snap basis, Trayvon Walker is about the same. And he has the size the Jags are looking for. It kind of makes some sense. At the same time, I mean, I wouldn't do it personally. We'll see what happens here. The only thing I will add, too, is there is some reported turmoil uh, or disagreements in the Jaguars' front office. Uh, Reports say the GM wants Trayvon Walker and Shad Khan wants Aiden Hutchinson. I might have that reversed, but I believe that's how the reports are having it. I would believe that if that's the way it is. And Shad Khan seems to have no control over his own franchise, which is really weird. So we'll I'm, I'm okay with that. He's the owner. He's not the GM. You have hired somebody to do the talent scouting and build the best team for you. Yeah, but he's the one front of the money. So I, Look, I, all I got to say is I need more complaints about draft time from Tug. And 
give me a couple more months and I'll get you believing that the cap is bullshit and doesn't matter to you. Or like, I'll, no. I'll, I'll get you fully to my side. No. In the meantime, if you do want to drink along with me, I am hopping down a Red Label Weller. This is Antique 107 here. Very much excited about this. One of my favorite bourbons of all time. So, if you're watching the draft along with me, I mean, good luck finding that bourbon. But at the same time, it's great. And I'm having a good time. So I mean, it's it's very likely I'm going to be uh, taking that first commercial break to go get some uh, <laughs> Crown Royal myself. So. Fun, no fun fact, uh, the news coverage, the draft coverage is going to get sloppier and more fun as, as the night goes on. As is tradition. As is tradition. <laughs> But I do say, let's go ahead and talk about some college news here. What do you guys think? Let's yeah, man, let's, let's do it. So before the NFL draft gets started here, a couple of things to talk about with college that we haven't talked about yet this week. Uh, NCAA president Mark Emeritt has to, agreed to step down. Basically, as of 2023, this, so this will be about a year away yet. But this is going to be pretty interesting to see what happens here. The NCAA is staring down the barrel at a couple of gigantic changes to the way they do business, especially with FBS football. There's a lot of speculation now with that even splitting between, I don't know if you want to say necessarily the Power Five and the Group of Five. There's going to be some kind of a split here. Maybe even just as much as the conferences get a lot more leeway in how they control themselves. That's very possible here. And there's a lot of things in the works. We'll see what happens. But there's going to be a new NCAA president actually going to be in control of all of that conversation. Very interesting to see what the NCAA does here. What do you guys think? So I'm confused. When you say as of 20, 2023, is that as of the 2023 football season, the school year, the calendar year? That's super vague on how that's worded. Because yes. that could be as early as January. <laughs> Like, I think that is as of January 2023. I'll say this. I don't think there's a, it's any coincidence that he announces he's leaving. And all of a sudden, we get all these rumors and speculation that the NCAA is going to split off into even more divisions in college right. football. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it's something we've kind of been talking about and pitching for a while. But it was more of a, in a perfect world, honestly, this is probably how it should be. But when you start looking at how things are kind of shaking out, how, you know, I almost said NFTs, how NIL is broken down, how everything is going on that front, and throw in the transfer portal, man, it it makes more sense than not, honestly. I mean, the question is, because there are people out there that believe that the the Big Ten and the SEC are going to split off on their own, not even take the rest of the Power Five, just those two. Do they, at that point, do they just say screw it and try to become the actual feeder league for the NFL? Like, is that how that ends up going? I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, I doubt it, but that would be really interesting. I would like it as an Ohio State fan. I, don't, I doubt Purdue and Vanderbilt would be on board. We'll see what happens. Speaking of Ohio State... We got well, those Ghost are Falcon just, those over are just here your on GPA Twitch. Skill. Uh, G- Hold on one second. Those are just your GPA schools. They don't matter. Speaking of Ohio Valid. State, we got Ghost Falcon here on Twitch talking about a player from uh, the biggest rival of the Buckeyes, Aiden Hutchinson. She's got her money going yeah. on Aiden Hutchinson going to Detroit. So, 
So that is this that is the current conversation. Uh, like we just talked about with the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker is looking to be the favorite for number one now. Almost out of nowhere, it seems to be out of the past two, three days. That has really become the speculation. But if that is the case, it would have to be Aiden Hutchinson going number two overall. There's almost no way that the Lions would pass on Aiden Hutchinson in order to go quarterback, especially in this quarterback class where there is so much uncertainty. So it is theoretically possible that the Lions pass on Aiden Hutchinson. I highly doubt it. And if he makes a pass number one overall, to me, there's no way the Lions can pass on him. All right, and I've got a response to our, our barcode boys out here. Um, good news. Miami is not going to disappoint you tonight because we don't have a pick tonight. Uh, so you, you are safe for at least one night. Very true. Don't you guys have a, your first pick is in the third round, right? Y- yeah. A firm. So the, the dolphins won't disappoint that is you for so a little while. Yeah. Weird. Right. For the Dolphins, like they had like oh, fifteen dude, fucking picks earlier. I'm, what happened? I'm don't worry. We have two first round picks next year. We we are quickly correcting course. I can't wait. Uh, so a little bit more college news to talk about here. So we just talked about Mark Emmerich, but let's talk about Georgia Tech here for a second. I know that's a little bit of an unusual topic for us in the big dudes in the trenches. Georgia Tech hasn't been relevant in a very long time. At the same time here, some interesting things going on. Um, if you will remember, Demarius Thomas came out of Georgia Tech, uh, one of the probably the greatest player out of Georgia Tech in the past millennia, uh, since 2000, I would say. Now, Peyton Manning and his charity foundation have just established a Demarius Thomas scholarship at Georgia Tech And I wanted to read you guys this quote from Peyton Manning, basically verbatim as he said it here, and then get your thoughts on this scholarship. Uh, Before I do that, I really want to, you know, just give some context here. Demarius Thomas did pass away December 9 at the age of 33 years old. He was a fantastic teammate of Peyton Manning on the Denver Broncos. They won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning there. And... August 8th will be Demarius Thomas Day at Georgia Tech. He was jersey number 8. They will wear number 8 on their helmets this coming season. Uh, and per Peyton Manning, the quote here, Demarius Thomas was an incredibly talented and unselfish teammate, but more importantly, he was a special person and friend. My family and I miss him dearly, and we want to honor DT's memory by partnering with Payback Foundation with Georgia Tech to establish the Demarius A. Thomas Scholarship Endowment. An important part of Demarius's legacy was the way he inspired the next generation to pursue their dreams with the same perseverance and determination that defined him. Through this scholarship to Georgia Tech, Demarius will have a lasting impact on deserving youth from his hometown area who can follow in his footsteps and accomplish great things in life. Man, Man, that... uh, even, even hearing that, it's just... It's gut-wrenching, honestly. I know. it. They, there's not much to add to that. Like, that says everything that needs to be said about Demarius, about what Peyton, Peyton's doing. Um, it's just fantastic all the way around. Yeah, he was a, a truly, truly fantastic NFL player. I mean, I 
I can't imagine the Denver Broncos without him. To be honest with you, even still today. I know he retired a few years ago now at this point. But, man, he was a fantastic player. And, honestly, one of the players I, I looked up to a lot growing up in the NFL. So, sad to see him go. I'd love to see his memory being as you know, cherished as it is here and with the Payback Foundation uh, by Peyton Manning here. This is really going to be something special going forward. Yeah. But that's really all I have for college news here. Uh, do you have anything for the non-NFL Pro news? I think we have a little bit of AAF going on, a little bit of XFL, a little bit of USFL, all that sorts of thing happening. Yeah, so this this AAF story, uh, it kind of popped up. I don't want to say out of nowhere. Uh, if you remember the AAF, awesome. Early. I, I kind of want to save some time talking about it, but if you don't, and I assume you probably don't, uh, it was a league that folded mid-season. Uh, they had to be saved by uh, Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon. And then, unfortunately, they were unable to fully be saved because he lost his ass in one week and pulled the plug on it. Well, the reason they had to call him in in the first place, and I want to make sure I get this guy's name right because – if I get it wrong, I'm going to miss it by a little by a little bit. And then uh, I could be saying somebody wrong is going to be spending potentially 90 years in jail. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, basically... Oh, where did... Where did Doug, uh, check the private chat. Doug had some business to take care of. Reggie Fowler. There we go. Reggie Fowler. So he was going to be the initial investor with Charlie Ebersol to found the league and get it going, fund it, all that fun stuff. Um, but it turns out all the money he said he has, he didn't really have. It was a bunch of fraud. It was a phony, a big fat phony. And uh, actually was doing a lot <laughs> a of phony, a big fat phony. <laughs> he was doing a fraud, a big fat phony. He was doing a lot of a, uh, illegal crypto transactions. And, you know, you, you hear about all these guys that, you know, you get rugged in an NFT deal. Well, this dude was doing it way back when in the founding of the AAF. And the update is, hey, he sucks. And he's looking at a maximum sentence of 90 years I've seen. I've seen other places say 70. Who knows if he's going to actually spend a day in prison. Hopefully he does. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the the AAF was the best football in the world. It certainly wasn't. It had its, it had its issues. But it was a good league, and I think it was hitting its stride. They had a good model, in my opinion. There were some rules I wasn't a huge fan of, some that I was, some that I wouldn't mind seeing uh, in the XFL or USFL as it comes forward over the next couple of years. But as it sits – a return doesn't look promising, and I mean, look at the USFL, which is what we're going to talk about next. It's been uh, it's been kind of rough to watch, kind of rough to see uh, how things are just shaking out right now. I'm not. Uh, I don't want to knock the USFL too hard, right? The only bad football is no football, and True. we've been there, right? You know, we were there two years ago, right? Don't think I've forgotten about it. Um, hey, but Stallions Gamblers was pretty decent. Stallions Gamblers was decent. And another game that was surprising 
Stars Mullers, pretty good game. Stars won 30-23, and the Stallions won 33-28. They have a clear home field advantage, right? Definitely. Obviously, the, the league's taking place in Birmingham. You would expect the Birmingham team to have an advantage, right? That's just common knowledge, common sense. But, but, but it's different when that's the only game fans are showing up to. Yeah, right. it is. It is, and that's that's kind of the negative. And another negative here is Breakers Bandits. That was looking like it was going to be a hot, you know, the highlight of the week. Two of the best teams in the Very league, possibly. And the Bandits and got smoked. <laughs> Breakers won that one, thirty-four to three. And of course, the fourth game of the week, by far the worst. And unfortunately, it was what kicked off the week. It was the Generals. And the Panthers Generals winning that one ten to six. And to be fair, even, we kind of knew that though, right? I mean, Generals and Panthers have not been good. Well, and it, it's tough too, though, because that's your Friday night game. It, right. You're not going to be able to pull people in to want to watch the rest of the weekend when that's what you got leading off the weekend. So I'm gonna it's tough. I'm gonna pause everyone real quick. And I know okay. he hasn't been on the stage and said it, uh, but based on the time, the Jaguars are on the clock. I mean, it's not official until the commissioner says it's official. So God damn it, Roger. Figure it out. (laughs) So, (laughs) USFL. USFL, uh, Generals Panthers. The the worst thing, uh, and it it hurts me a little bit more because of who got hurt, uh, but you don't want to see a guy in this league. You know, they're, they're playing for a second chance. Maybe they're seeing if they still got it. And I can for sure say in this case, uh, Joey Magnifico broke his leg. He's done for the year. He's been coaching high school football, and his plan was to go back and coach high school football this fall. He had he got injured his senior year at Memphis, missed the Cotton Bowl because of it, and that probably is why he didn't get into an NFL camp or UDFA, maybe even a draft pick. That might have been a little bit of a stretch. I won't. I'm not going to blow you too know, much smoke here, you know, but you hate. Broken bone right now means he can probably start working on that new playbook for the fall season, high school football. That's Good true. Work, bud. That's true. So I, you know, it's it's it sucks to see, and it, it sucks to see anybody have a season-ending injury like this. But in the USFL and the XFL and these spring leagues like this, where these guys are playing Absolutely. for maybe another shot, like it's just it's awful to see. So heart really goes out to him and wish him a speedy recovery. I don't know that he'll At ever play football time, again. At the same time, I will say, you know, one of the major things about the game of football, you know, injuries happen all the time. So if you can't handle that, maybe you're not really ready for a shot at the NFL. I mean, that's a little bit harsh to say. At the same time, I think that's definitely fair. I don't know if the NFL would really want to sign you if you can't handle the USFL. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, it feels harsh to say that. Especially to a guy who just got hurt, but uh, it's kind of the way it is. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. With that, though, I think we can get the USFL previews in the games that are coming up this weekend, and then and the only one that matters. The only one that matters is the Stallions Breakers. Stallions Breakers Battle of yeah. the Unbeaten's. <laughs> Also got Bandits first Gamblers. That's going to be kicking off the weekend. I didn't catch it, but that was on Friday or going to be early on Saturday. Mauler's Panthers, General Stars. I think the General Stars will probably be a good game, and unfortunately, Mauler's Panthers are going to be a good game for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the it, General Stars. <laughs> oh, God. 
full disclosure, <laughs> I have not that watched. More than I should. Yes, you are. <laughs> I haven't watched any FCF this year, which I am very upset about. I need to. I need to correct course here. Right. And I was out uh, of town, so I couldn't either. I wish I could. I, I will say, you know, this past weekend, I didn't catch any USFL, didn't catch any FCF, and we talked about, you know, Easter weekend or whatever already. Uh, but I will say, if I'm going to miss football, spending it at Legoland with my family, that was there you go. That was worth yeah. it. That, you know, I can't can't complain about that at all. Legitimate question, and this is totally not football related, where is Legoland? Which so they one? have them all over the country. Yeah. Well, where is the one you went to? Kansas City. Okay. All right. I thought there was one there, but I legitimately didn't remember, and I wanted and then, to go. So <laughs> then we spent like three hundred dollars on Legos. So nice. nice. All right, guys. I I can't I can't pull it up uh, to show it, but our, our barcode friend is back asking us a question. Uh, who do you guys think is going to be the first team to make the trade? Well, uh, what, what do you guys see going on here, Doug? I'm going to pass it to you. Uh, you've been running the mocks. Yeah. You kind of you've been on on the. Uh, you're on the ground figuring out, seeing what's going on. What what rumors are you hearing out there? So the first team I legitimately see as a potential trade down spot would be the Texans number three. At the same time, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they want to take a corner at number three, and I think that's going to be Sauce Gardner. So the first team I I would predict actually trading down would either be the Panthers at six or the Falcons at eight. Depends on what either of those teams do. Right. So if you're looking for a tackle in the Panthers case at number six, who's available there? If you don't like who's available there, are you comfortable in trading down and getting a different position? Maybe they are looking for a quarterback. If that's the case, you don't need to take the quarterback at number six. Legitimately, it's very possible the first quarterback goes off the board at number 20. Right. The Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for a quarterback. Other than that, we don't know who really is looking for a quarterback. The Panthers, maybe. The Falcons, maybe. The Seahawks, probably not. Probably not, legitimately, even though they should be, right? There are a lot of options there. The Panthers at number six would be my first legitimate, probably should be a trade-down spot. But we'll see what happens. What do you think? I, I, I'm going to take the opposite look. I, I like your analysis there for trade downs. I'm going to take the trade up potential here, uh, and I'm liking the Saints for that. We we, we identified yeah. this as part of our pre-draft coverage. Um, man, they loaded up on picks. They literally just got two picks that are really close to each other in the mid-teens. Traded a lot for it. That screams that you have a guy that you want, and you're trying to work a draft day deal. Uh, and it makes sense that they're waiting till now to do it because now you put the pressure on the team to accept it with the clock, right? So this, if, if I'm looking at a trade-up team just based on their setup for it, for me, the Saints can be the first first team to trade up for a pick. And I would expect that probably to be around the, they might try to make a reach for a quantum Um uh, I could see that. It's going to be a, a hefty price, but that's that's a possibility there. There is a conversation of Equana going to number three overall. So that's, it's that's why I say it's a hefty price. But <laughs> what do you think, Bug? Do you see anybody really moving up here? I have no idea. <laughs> I honestly have no clue. I I'm trying to find I think it was Schefter. 
It was well, some NFL insider. Me, so whatever. Yeah, that's why like I unfollowed him, so now I have to find him and look for all of it. I would say if anybody's really going to move up to number six or even higher, it would have to be somebody closer to that range than the Saints are. I would be interested in seeing if the Vikings might be moving up for a corner, you know, if they're really looking at Sauce Gardner or even Derek Stingley Jr., they might need to move up for either of those guys. That might be pretty interesting. And I think I'm hearing Roger Goodell talking. Is that? Yeah, right? Yes, that, that is, in fact, Roger Goodell. He is talking Uh-oh. about being the uh, 2022 NFL draft about eight minutes late because ESPN needs to show some commercials. I love commercials, don't you? So I, I found what Schefter I hate said. mouse. I found what <laughs> Schefter said. One veteran front office executive this morning. Today, this is okay. the craziest draft I've seen in 30 years. So, I, you know, obviously these teams have been talking all day, right? Yeah. But for I've him to tweet that out 10 hours ago, that this is going to be the craziest draft in 30 years, there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. I, I've i seen, obviously, you know, Bears fan, follow the Bears religiously. Unfortunately, it hurts. It's painful. I don't know why I do this to myself. But I do. And watching the Bears, I've seen that uh, Robert Quinn might be on the move. I don't think they can get enough, they can get a first-round pick from Robert Quinn. I don't think that there's any way that that works. The only for sure thing I've seen yeah. from the Bears is that Justin Fields isn't going anywhere. Right. I got to say, I'm enjoying the entire area in Las Vegas is booing the shit out of Roger Goodell right now, and they have well, been the right, entire time he's been talking. That comes standard with NFL drafts now. Uh, <laughs> one thing I'm very interested to see, and that no one has been really talking about that much, is the fact that Kyler Gordon has been invited to the NFL draft. Now, the NFL doesn't really invite prospects unless they are considered to be a first-round guy. Even if they do end up going around to they're kind of that's, that range. So that's because see, they got tired of showing the guys just sitting there getting upset. Right. But to see a the second Washington corner be invited to the draft is very interesting to me. Kyler Gordon is longer, is rangier than Trent McDuffie, but most people would consider Trent McDuffie to be the better corner overall. So to see both of them invited here is very interesting. And Kyler Gordon's in the green room. I am fascinated. Can to we see can we just first round. can we point out the fact that wearing a suit and tie, Derek Carr does not look like he's wearing eyeliner. But every football game, he's got guideliner on one hundred percent. You can't convince me otherwise. Also, he's not wearing a tie. So, okay, yeah, okay, fair. He's in Vegas. Can, the draft's open. I gotta I gotta about, do a wardrobe change. Hold on. Can, can we also talk about real quick how? The mic worked for everybody but Derek Carr. I heard not a single word that he said. <laughs> I kind of love that, though, personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, the Jaguars are officially on the clock. Uh, it is counting down. We are ready to rock. Duval. I can't stand the Jaguars, dude. They suck so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, this is the first year in Jacksonville for their brand new head coach, Doug Marone. 
and yet it is the second year for the general manager, Trent Balky. I Very. believe it's Doug Peterson, my dude. I said Marone, and I meant Peterson. You are absolutely correct. Marone <laughs> was, was was a long time ago. You, you had the oh, name, like Doug right? Marone was in there way longer than two years, and I know he's not there right now. Yes, sir. He was fired in like 2017. My B is Doug Peterson. Uh, he is a Super Bowl champion with the Philadelphia Eagles, and is not a Super Bowl champion with Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> So I, I got to amend my first team to trade up. I got to figure the Raiders are going to try to get into the first round. They're hosting the draft and they don't have a first round pick. They actually don't have a pick until the fourth round. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't yeah. sit here and say for sure who is going to trade up, move up, whatever. I don't know. I wouldn't be too terribly surprised if it was the Raiders. Well, if you are still with me, I want to say it again. This red label, Antique 107 Weller, is some of the best bourbon on the market. If you can find My dude, it. if you're going to keep shouting them out, can you at least get us a sponsorship? I will try, but good luck getting a hold of Buffalo Trace to get a sponsorship at all. Just, just, just write them a letter, man. Handwritten letters would do wonders. <laughs> I will try. I promise you I will try. But this is I, I am a okay mentioning them at least once per show, like for for eternity. If if they're paying us like one dollar to do I'm okay drinking them all show, every show <laughs> for eternity. <laughs> oh man. So it looks like they, the Jaguars are going to take all 10 minutes as per NFL tradition now at this point. Uh, yeah, much excited going to drive me to drink. I'll be right back, boys. <laughs> looks like I'm going to be the third one to go get a drink. I'm going to have to have to wait it out here a little bit. So That's all right. Let's, do, let's go ahead and talk about some NFL news involving the Jacksonville Jaguars before they pick here. Uh, there was a lot of speculation before last month, I would say, this pick might be an offensive tackle, but then they did go ahead and franchise tag Cam Robinson. A lot of that speculation died down today, actually. It's really come out. I, I mean, not technically today. I think it's been the past couple of days. But today the details were official. It's a three-year, $54 million contract for Cam Robinson. They are definitely not drafting a tackle here at number one overall, even though they probably should. In my opinion, I don't think Cam Robinson is worth that much. But at the same time, they went ahead and paid him $54 million over three years. This has to be an edge rusher, right? Well, considering that's all ESPN is talking about right now, and Mel Kuyper is still pitching for Aiden Hutchinson here. Um, and I say pitching because if you don't know, Mel Kuyper gets paid by agents to prop up their their uh, clients. Um so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably forward. an edge rusher. Yeah. No, no. So what that means is it's going to be Sauce Gardner, number one overall, just taking everybody by storm. No, no they're going to trade Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to be Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Dude, I'm, how I'm, crazy is I'll this going to be? I'll drink labels out for you guys. How crazy is this going to be? Holy shit, he's drinking a Miller Lite. That's all I had in the fridge, my dude. Proud of you. I love I, this glass, by the way. I don't curse is better. See it. Uh, what was the last time we had a number one overall not in the green room? If they do go Trayvon Walker here, excluding exclude twenty twenty, exclude that's that draft and twenty twenty one. 
was it two that, drafts in a row? Yeah, I guess it was. That's a great question, and I legitimately do not know the answer. Um, I I'm do just excited. Know... Roger Goodell is not trying to serenade us from his weird, like, recliner his, chair. His basement? <laughs> yeah. No, they were in Cleveland last year. It was just once one year like that. That still yeah. scarred me forever. Um, I do know the number three overall pick in 2007 was not at, at the draft. That was Joe Thomas. Yeah, well, he was out fishing God in the woods. It. I mean, yeah, fishing in the woods. I don't think that would get you very far. There I was a lake was in the woods. The I mean, obviously, <laughs> on the water in the woods, you know. Oh man! So all right, so all right, we got another two minutes of this. The pick is officially in. Um, but so we've got another two two minutes to wait and find out. I do want to say to all of our Twitch viewers, um, there's going to be a delay necessarily. Not only are we all streaming the draft here, I think Twitch inherently puts a delay into the stream. So if you spoil the pick, I'm going to be very upset with you. Please don't say it until we do. Please, please, please. <laughs> I want to see what happens live. And uh, we're, we're all streaming the draft. And there is a delay on Twitch. So don't put it in the chat, please. Legitimately, please don't do that. <laughs> just just double click the comments and it'll collapse that for you. You won't I, have to see it. I switched it over to the private chat. It's just us the three, and I'm not looking at anybody else's conversation here. Because uh, I want to see the pick is in. We know the pick is in, but I want to see it as we all see it, and not you know when chat tells me what it is. So. <laughs> chat, we love Jaguars. you though. We do love you, chat. I, yes, if you ask a question, I'm sure Bug will highlight that, throw it up on screen, and I'll have to answer it. But at the same time, if you... Put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm okay with that, it's legitimately. But if you put in who was just drafted, I will be very upset with you, and we will no longer be friends, whoever you are. <laughs> Man, we'll just... in. Uh, what, is, what is the likelihood that this is Crystal Lave? Okay, let's let's. If it is, if it is, fun fact: the last non-quarterback tackle or edge rusher was a wide receiver. That Who was true. it? Who was it? You know this one. I know you oh, know this the, one. We're tapping into the Dugopedia. What, what do you got, Tug? I want to see what your answer is. Sorry, I get distracted by draft noise. Well, I keep going back in time. I'm gonna. Want me to keep naming picks until you get it, Tug? Or do you want to not answer the question? I can't believe it. They fucking listen to the GM. Um, I sorry. Uh, who is the last it. number one wide receiver? I'm pretty sure it was Keyshawn Johnson. It was Keyshawn. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Trayvon Walker, edge rusher out of Georgia, number one overall pick here for Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Um, all right, let's let's be real here. Six foot five, two hundred seventy pounds. Ran a great forty. I mean, he had a great combine overall. He had a senior bowl overall. The only knock against him has been his production. So, when you look at that Georgia defense overall, you have to consider not only is Trayvon Walker on that line, you also have Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt on that line. You have a couple of linebackers in consideration for first-round picks, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, 
right? That front seven is absolutely loaded. And when you have some of these guys in rotation all the time, they're not going to have the same production as somebody like an Aiden Hutchinson who's in all the time. He is a very, very good athlete. He is long. He is athletic. He is strong. He can do everything you can ask of him. It kind of makes sense to me. At the same time, I don't think he, I would have picked that number one overall. Okay, so you say he can do everything you ask of him, but can he play an entire game? Does he need the rotation now? Right? He's been I, he's had it for how long, and that's how that Georgia defense stayed fresh. How how good are these guys hanging on their own? That's an interesting question that I don't know the answer to. So yeah. No, I, I can't kind of came at you aggressively there. That wasn't at you. Just oh, I understand. I, I got to say, too, though, we got this uh, We got this question he did, or statement. He didn't seem too happy at first. This was something we talked about during the three of us, during the virtual draft where right. the reaction, like we thought it was pre-recorded or wasn't, you know, something wasn't right because the reactions didn't, didn't look right. This is something that we've known and seen for a while. So I don't know if it's just it's something with the video feeds or what, right. but it's, you would think they'd have figured it out by now. Like that's not a good look. We do it's, know by now it is a very much delayed reaction. So when they first cut to the guy, it's still very freshly announced and he hasn't even seen it on his TV screen yet. It's a stupid way to, to broadcast the draft at the same time. That's exactly what the networks do. And yes, they don't look too excited at first. They don't know about it when it comes to them. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna uh, turn around here, by the way, guys, and say the Lions are stoked that the Jags took Trayvon Walker because the pick yeah. is already in. Oh yeah, uh, that, that was tells, in. <laughs> yeah, th- this is gonna be. Uh, I didn't even get time to say no time. Yeah, I didn't even have time to write that uh, the lines were on the, or put the lines were on the clock ticker back up because <laughs> that pick was made so quick. Go ahead and throw Houston's on the clock on the, on the ticker here. <laughs> Might uh, as well. Because the Might lines well. are, are in, and I'm pretty sure we know we all know who this is going to be. Aiden Hutchinson grew up in Plymouth, Michigan, uh, played for the University of the State Up North. I'm not going to say it when it comes to the university because I refuse to. Um but it's the Detroit Lions. They're getting their hometown kid. It has to be, right? It has to be. And it, is. it definitely is. Definitely is. Aiden Hutchinson to the Detroit Lions. I love this. Not only the selection, it makes a lot of sense to me. I also love the fit for a scheme fit and a culture fit. This makes a ton of sense. I, honestly, this was the most expected pick, which is weird because usually it's the first overall pick. Right. I think this is a home run pick for the Lions here. They've got huge upside potential. He's proven that he can be the only guy on a defense and make it relatively successful. Man, he's a playmaker. He's a disruptor. He's going to get in the backfield and uh, you know, Ghost, you're, you're here saying you're okay watching him on the Lions. I want to see how you feel about that uh, after the uh, First game they play the Bears here and uh, see if that holds true. <laughs> I also I do want to say I love the look of it all black here in the suit. That's pretty solid. White boy in all black. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Man, it's 
we talked about it too. We we're like, if for some reason Aiden Hutchinson doesn't go number one overall, it makes too much sense. And to compare it to another pro team in Michigan, the Panthers took the Panthers took uh, Shea, Patterson. Shea Patterson number one overall. And if any, you know, maybe not the smartest idea, looking at how their season is going. How we can't win the football. Yeah. It's just not good. Uh, but you look at it, and what better way to bring in that college crowd behind your team even more? And a lot of Michigan fans are Lions fans, too, you know. But it's what better way to get people on your side, get people excited for your team than to do this, right? So one of the things that I will say that I absolutely hate having to say as an Ohio State fan is uh, <laughs> it is very good for the Big Ten as a whole when the team up north is good. And it is very good for the landscape of college football when a blue blood such as the team up north is good. You know, this is, you know, get some of the focus away from the SEC, get some of the focus away from Atlanta, from Alabama, from Florida. Get some of that focus back on the Midwest here, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, Minnesota, that kind of territory that has been so dominant for so long in college football. It is still dominant here. We're seeing it number two overall here. That is incredible to me. I love this a lot for a lot of reasons. Uh, I don't like that he went to the wrong school at the same time. You know, I'm very happy for him. I hope he has a great NFL career, and I think this is a great NFL fit for him. It, it absolutely is, and, it, and the thing for the Lions is it's a hometown guy. It's going to put butts in seats, and that's what the Lions really need right now. Um, th- right. This is, a, like I said, not just for the fit, not just for the sky-high ceiling that this guy has, but for the Lions organization as a whole. I think this is a home-run pick, uh, and arguably, in my opinion, they might have gotten the number one talent in the draft. That is possible. It depends on how some of these other guys play, right? So we've talked about in our last last week's episode, in our back and back and forth mock draft. I'm thinking bourbon. I'm slurring my words. Um, Derek, Stingley, Derek Stingley Jr. If he plays up to his potential, is without a doubt the greatest player in this draft, and probably the greatest player in the past couple of drafts. Not even kidding. His 2019 film is some of the best we've ever seen in college for playing cornerback. At the same time, he hasn't he done hasn't that since 2019. Well, he didn't play in 2020. In this past year, he played, but it wasn't the same, right? So we don't know what he's really going to produce here. That's why the pick is in for the Houston Texans. I would have to think this is probably either Sauce Gardner or another edge rusher. The question would be who that ends up being. Right, uh, it's got to be if it is an edge rusher. If it is an edge rusher, it's got to be Kayvon Thibodeau. You would think. You would think. That's, if he fell to the Jets, you gotta figure they do it, right? <laughs> no, no. Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> here, here's my promise to you: Kayvon Thibodeau will go inside the top ten. I will not promise you he will go inside the top four. I can't do that. We'll see what happens here. I would. I would be this interested. Weird font that they're using on the TV, by the way. It's supposed to look like diamonds and. <laughs> it looks like card. Hieroglyphics. It's supposed to look like card, uh, card suits and stuff like that. It's in Vegas, baby. I kind of like it, honestly. 
Uh, if you saw Aiden Hutchinson walk through that tunnel from the green room to the stage, see all those cards with the teams, I kind of want a deck of cards I, like that. That would be really cool. <laughs> I got to say, I'll, I'll I'm see not... i get you next week. I'm going to Vegas next week, boys. So. I, I'm not I, even yeah. mad that they decided to not do the thing on the, you know, outside of the Bellagio on the fountain, on the water of the fountains, because that would have taken way too long. Definitely, definitely. And there was a conversation last year of them pulling up on boats. And uh, I, I haven't seen it yet, so I'll hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> the pick is in. Who is this? Who is this? I haven't seen it yet. I still haven't seen it. Oh my you have God. the position right. correct, my dude. All right. So this, Derek Stingley Jr. was legitimately in the conversation. At the same time, I thought there was absolutely no way that was going to happen. Because Sauce Gardner was was seriously better than Derek Stingley this past season. Is this the most Texans move what? they could have done? Well, what? no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You got to think about it from this lens. Exactly. Derek Stingley makes a ton of sense in a Tampa two defense. That's all right. it comes down to. Yeah, no, that's fair. He fits Lovey. He and that, actually, actually, kind of fits that better than Sauce Gardner right now. And and that's that's why. Kayvon Thibodeau would have made a lot of sense, and he would have been great in that defense. Right. But it made more sense for them to go secondary. Especially Stingley, running a zone-style defense, because that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think Stingley's probably the best option there. I don't know who they have at safety in Houston, but the way a Tampa 2 works, I don't. I honestly don't see a reason that Derek Stingley couldn't transition to a, a Tampa 2 safety, if we're being honest. I don't see that. He's too much of a lockdown, like man corner. He plays a lot That's of man coverage very well and press even very well. I don't want to see him play safety. Um, at the same time, I fully expected this to be Sauce Gardner. And uh, to see this be Derek Stingley, I am actually excited for the Texans for this pick. If Derek Stingley plays up to his potential, this is a phenomenal selection. And if he plays up to his potential, the Jaguars will be sorry they didn't pick him number one. Even if even if Trayvon Walker makes the Hall of Fame, Derek Stingley, if he plays up to his potential, will be better. I'm not kidding. At the same time, we haven't seen that in a little while. So it's, so, it's very fascinating. So Doug, I'm going to get a drink. Here. I'll be back. That's, our friend that's my answer. Greek Wario wants to, uh, wants yes, to know sir. what you're drinking. Before I get into my analysis here on what the Texans need to do next, would you care to uh, shout out your <laughs> yes, sir. Once again, I am drinking a Weller Red Label Antique 107 beer. Uh, Weller is a wheat bourbon, but very much a fan of the weeded bourbons. Uh, the rye bourbons are a little bit harsh for me. I don't like that peppery flavor. The wheat bourbon is very smooth. Uh, Red Label Weller is one of my favorite bourbons of all time. The green labels can be more common, but you can find the Antique 107 Red Label as French, I, you know, chef's kiss on that. Muy, muy bien. I, I'm going to be honest here, man. That was so good. We need to clip that and send that to our sponsorship request. <laughs> so, before you get into your discussion on Derek Stingley here, I do want to say the New York Jets all on the clock. Um, not that much time remaining here. We'll see what their pick is. Number four is going to be a very interesting spot. They're kind of a pivot spot in this draft now that Derek Stingley's off the board. What do you think about that pick? 
sorry, you you said a lot of words. Uh, the Derek Singley big dude. A lot of words. Yeah. So, sorry, I was I was enjoying our conversation going on with Greek Warrior down here. Uh, that being <laughs> said, I do like the pick. I am concerned about that safety spot. Now, if only there was a great center field type safety that is still available on the free agency market that the Texans could then find a way to lock down for a year. Maybe a honey badger of sorts. Um, right. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's Tyron Matthew fits that bill. That, that Tampa know. 2 defense is something know. we haven't seen run very well in the NFL in a long time. That's true. Um, it, so you're That's gonna, actually that same conversation we were talking about when we started yeah. off this episode, that 2007 versus 2013 NFL, already very different. Compare that to a 2022 NFL season. Wow, what a difference those defenses make. That 2008 Bears defense, if you can make that work in today's NFL, that would be wild. No, 100%. And, and, and that's the thing. Is so now what you're looking for in that safety, you, you have one of your two corners that you need for this type of defense. Right? That, right. that curl flat, that mid zone on the outside, that's covered. You need that center field safety here. And I, I'm looking at I am looking at the honey badger here because he he is a versatile play what I need you to play type safety. He can come down, play run support linebacker if you need him to. He can play that strong safety up top. They need to make a play for a big time safety here. Uh honestly, it might be worth for them coming back into the first round to grab one of those top end safeties that are on the board still. So currently at safety, they have Eric Murray and Terrence Brooks. I don't trust either of those guys. I will say at cornerback, they do have Desmond King the second, and I do like Desmond King. Uh, Derek Stingley is much better than Desmond King. I still do like Desmond King. So we'll see what happens there. Now, before the pick actually comes in for the Jets, I do want to throw out some other NFL (laughs) news we have here. Uh, the New York Jets, as an organization, have not had a very great history of the NFL draft. But all the way back in 2011, they took a backup running back, Lal Powell. He has just retired after spending every single season of his NFL career with the New York Jets. Very fascinating. Uh, really a solid player. Never really the best of players. I don't think he ever even made a Pro Bowl. But been with the Jets for a very long time. And a really solid backup running back for them. You know, we'll, he'll he'll be missed. I, I definitely know his name. One of those guys that you, you kind of keep track of, keep on yep. top of, as one of those legitimately solid NFL players. He's gone now, and number four pick is in for the New York Jets. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? Ooh, Jets, you have like, – dude, we've talked about it before. This is something – you need to protect your young investment. You still have the top two tackles on the board. Go ahead, man. Take your choice here. Uh, out of, I wish I did a little bit more uh, tape study on these guys, but I'm leaning Evan Neal here. Uh, that's kind of the way I would expect the Jets to go to play opposite Mackay Becton. Um, but Iquana McQuanu would also make sense to me. Am I he saying his name right? Or am I? Yeah, I was going to say. Or, yeah, that's all right. Good enough. <laughs> uh, so we just talked about Bilal Powell retiring here in the New York Jets, um, and the pick is in and being announced right now. Uh, you're a little bit faster than I am, Tug. Hold up. Hold on. Don't say it yet. You're a little bit faster I know. than I am. I'm, I'm blocking the TV so you don't see it. <laughs> I definitely appreciate it. Uh, chat, hold off until we say it here. 
Oh man, Ahmad Gardner to the Jets at number four. I love this selection. So very fascinating thing about Sauce Gardner, he has never allowed a touchdown in his collegiate career. And I mean, man, will never have a lot of touchdowns in college. Holy shit. Okay. No, no, no. Hold on. Never mind. Never mind. I thought they are the Giants already had their pick in. They they changed the graphic on accident. I was I was like, holy shit, that was fast. That would have been amazing. But two corners here going in the top four. Wow. But but can Sauce Gardner keep up with Tyreek Hill? Uh, look, maybe. <laughs> maybe. He's on the Jets, so obviously the answer is no. <laughs> True. <laughs> That is terrible, but absolutely valid. <laughs> oh, dude, I, 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 the Jets were definitely a team where it, it's not what I was expecting. It's a good play. It's a fantastic player. It's a great pick. It's just yeah. I don't know if it fills the the biggest need they had on the team. I would argue that they have so many needs. You need to select best player available, and the fact that they. I think they probably assumed Sauce Gardner was going to go number three. The fact he was still available probably made them jump at the chance. So yeah. I I overall agree with you. Corner is not their biggest need. They have two picks in the top ten of the NFL draft. Go ahead oh, and take a swing good. if there's a guy available you didn't expect to be available. Sauce Gardner is a talent that you didn't expect to be available here. And here's gotta, the thing. If they can get that lineman in with their second top 10 pick, it works for me because you can't let Zach Wilson get sacked another 44 times. Right. No way. And I think the way the draft is going here, there very well could be a tackle available at number 10. You still have the top two available. You still yeah. have the top three, four available. You have everybody available. At I got to say, too, Greek Wario, I went and got a drink. I'm doing some uh, crown. Uh, Caramel apple, little little concoction mix that they gave me there, and uh, I got some beat up wings here. Oh, it's sounds, amazing! Sounds you know terrible. what? You know what I'm most excited about with beat ups though. This is the beer. second time they've done a collab with uh, with Doritos for a wing sauce. Collab. The last one was the the chili yeah, a collab. heat collab. Yeah, collab, a collab. <laughs> last one was the chili heat. It was eh. this one, flaming hot Doritos sauce. Beautiful. Perfect. They need to keep oh, there this it is. on the menu forever. There's the chef's kiss. You're making me want to go to beat up some problem. I don't like this. <laughs> All right. I I'm need, I need to refill. Late, Come on. So the New York Giants are on the clock. The first team out of the NFC West here. Cheers. Hey, cheers, Greek Wario. Thank you very much in the Twitch chat here. Um, the first team out of the NFC West here for us. Uh, actually, the first NFC team out of the NFC yeah, I, I meant NFC East. I am. I wondered if you were going to catch yourself. On Suburban, baby. <laughs> I was drinking beer since about 3 o'clock, so I'm, I'm on a roll. <laughs> uh, but we have the New York Giants on the clock. I would fully expect them to take a tackle here. I They're also... not. They're not. The pick, the, the pick hadn't been announced, but you. Oh, that was Sauce Gardner. Never mind. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, why would they be showing somebody running down the hallway already? I was going to say, um, the pick is in. I would expect it to be a tackle here because you probably have to think the Panthers will look to tackle. 
and all of the tackles that are available. So the question is, who do you like the most out of the available offensive linemen? Right now, the conversation is actually between Ethan McQuanu and Charles Cross for the New York Giants. Evan Neal is probably my favorite of the tackles, but he's looking to be probably the second or third tackle off the board based on the recent conversations. Look, you asked if there was an offensive lineman I liked more than the most. You did not specify tackles, and that answer is yes. I don't know if he fits in the Giants scheme, but man, if Tyler Linderbaum goes here, I would lose my mind. I would too, but only because he's a center, and that would never happen. Dude, this I is the throw first this out time in NFL history we've had four defensive players go in the top four picks of the draft. I gotta throw I this one out here it. too. We got we had a group of five defensive player go in the top four pick. Yes, sir. At defensive back. Yes, sir. University of Cincinnati corner at number four overall out of the American Athletic Conference. Truly incredible. That's not, everything about that's it. not group of five. That's power six. We cover this every year. A power seven, baby. Sunbelt, baby. <laughs> Throwing the fun Oh, <laughs> I thought we were adding in the Mountain West finally. Fuck the Mountain West. <laughs> so it looks oh, like that's... the New York Giants are very excited about this pick. Uh, I would say they're probably fascinated that one of these guys are still available at number five. And to me, that would scream tackle. I think Kayvon Thibodeau, while the smarter pick, you're expecting him to be available come number seven if you take a tackle here, right? There's no way Kayvon Thibodeau is going to go number six to the Carolina Panthers. They did just pick up the extension on Brian Burns. Right, they have that fun seven count. Oh, hold on, did, did Roger Goodell just call this dude the Make a Wish kid? We have a Make a Wish on screen There's right now. So many better ways of putting that. I mean, it's Roger Goodell. What did you expect? <laughs> I expected that saucy chair and bathrobe again. Was he in a robe? I'm at, I remember him in a robe. I don't know he if was, he was in a robe. He was Why do you remember Roger Goodell in a robe? <laughs> COVID was weird, man. <laughs> he was definitely not in a robe, but I will choose to believe because that is incredible. <laughs> oh, man. I have so many comments right now that I'm not going to put on the air. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. The New York football giants. Five for five. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know what that means. I haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry. I, I might have ruined that for you. I'm sorry. That's a defensive guy for sure. Avon I mean, Thibodeau. I respect it a lot. At the same time, Why? I think you could have had him at seven. Why not? Right? Maybe. Why not? Maybe. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, it's probably that... true that you can have almost anybody you want at number seven, even if you are talking about a uh, an offensive tackle. Right? You have to consider that the Panthers are going to take Whoever they're gonna take, I mean, nobody even knows. They're going. They're going O line. They have to be. You would. We've think. said that for three picks in a row now. The Panthers might go quarterback. 
they might trade out of this spot. Number six is truly up in the air. Honestly, in, in the trade out at this point seems a lot more likely because you still have all of the defense or the all of the offensive tackles on the board. So right, if there so is a trade out can, of this spot, that would mean to me that somebody is freaking out and wanting to make sure they get Jermaine Johnson, basically the only other legitimate first round edge correct. in in at least the top twenty range. Which again would say to me, maybe that's like the Houston Texans moving back up this far. Maybe that's the Jets moving back we up said this safety far. Safety for them. Anything's possible, man. I know. I know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, but all the tackles still being available down at number six. Five straight defensive players. One of them out of the Pac-12, baby. Let's go. Look, look at that trim on his suit, man. That's I on point. Dude, that kid is hype, man. And I'm not talking about Thibodeau. <laughs> talking about the make wish kid? <laughs> Dude, I feel bad that I don't know his name, but that's the only thing I'm going to remember. Right. The only thing right. I'm remembering about this. <laughs> hey, Kayvon, who, who made your pick? Uh, the Make-A-Wish kid. <laughs> I will say, um, when Oregon beat us this past season, I was very disappointed for a couple of reasons. The main one actually being we lost to Oregon at half strength. And I say that because they were without Kayvon Thibodeau. He was half their strength last season. <laughs> I mean, he was a sensational football player in college. We've known that since his freshman season. And to see him not even be able to go for the first part of the year and then come back, saw how much better Oregon was with him on the field just this season when Oregon was the Pac-12 runner-up. I mean, this was... It's a legitimate chance to see how good Thibodeau was, how impactful Thibodeau was for that Oregon Ducks defense. Man, he is such a good player, and there is no possible way he is anything less than phenomenal for the New York Giants this season. Can we can we talk about real quick about how upset Kenny Pickett just looked on his couch like he expected to go in the top five? <laughs> if he did, if he legitimately expected to go top five, then he is Dumbass. I saw a mock he draft. He should fire his agent at that point. Right. I saw a mock draft earlier today that there was one quarterback taken in the first round, and it wasn't Kenny Pickett. No, it's it Malik, Malik Willis. Willis at 20. To the Packers. Yeah, at 20 to the Steelers. <laughs> no, there's, there's actual conversation about the Steelers taking Malik Willis at 20, and if that's the case, that would have to be either the only or maybe one of two quarterbacks taken in the first round. The other one possibly being like a Des Ritter. Which, so Maybe. what's crazy to me is at the same time, I'm seeing everybody saying they expect Kenny Pickett to be the best out of this group. I mean, he's. Right. Nobody, know. nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. Let's be real here. Nobody knows anything. <laughs> That's uh, it's probably the most accurate thing. Yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett is most likely the best NFL-ready quarterback in this class. At the same time, Malik Willis is definitely the most upside. And that balance is really hard to strike. Nobody knows really how people are going to turn out, right? 
conversation in 2018, you have to think, the conversation was between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Okay. And then a couple picks later went Josh Allen. So who would you rather have right now? Obviously Josh Allen. Nobody knows how this is going to turn out. And that's part of why the NFL draft is so exciting. All right, Barcode coming back at us with another question. If the Steelers do take a QB, does he start or do they pick up a free agent? And he followed it up with, uh, because Mason Rudolph should not start for any team. I think Neither should Mitchell Trubisky. I think legitimately right now your starter would be Mitchell Trubisky, even if they do draft quarterback in this first round. As of right now, right? That could change over the course of the offseason. If there's competition for it, if Malik Willis wins the job in the offseason, that's very possible. Right now, I think you go into the season expecting, at this moment, Mitchell Trubisky is your starting quarterback if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's banking more money than Mason Rudolph right now. I know that sounds crazy, but he is the MVP, so. That's the the inaugural inaugural MVP. damn it. But that's my expectation is that you go in assuming it's going to be Mitch Trubisky, but opening up a a competition for it and letting right. letting the legitimately best man win because who knows Mason Rudolph has a chance. Just make sure that he's not going up against Miles Garrett and he'll probably be okay. Because you had to think about two months ago you were looking you were staring down a competition between Mitch Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins to be your starter. And instead of accepting that proposition with open arms, the Pittsburgh Steelers went out and signed Mitch Trubisky. So you have to almost assume right now they are. You said Mitch Trubisky too many times there. It was Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. I definitely said Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. I definitely feel like I said Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. That's accurate. (laughs) And they signed Mitch Trubisky. So you you went, you expected. No, don't show that comment. Mitch, Mitch is elite. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky is the most elite quarterback to come out of the past five years. I'm glad you said five years because Joe Flacco was the one before that. Um, <laughs> well, in that same draft, the same draft was Patrick Mahomes. Mitchell Trubisky is way better than Mahomes. So I think he's absolutely correct here. All right. Doug is in timeout. <laughs> Matt Nagy was onto something with that one. Dude, Kenny Pickett looks so pissed sitting on that couch right now. It is obviously not him who got drafted. The Panthers did not pick Kenny Pickett. I think I can say that with full confidence. Hey, bug, fuck you. Fair, fair. I'll allow it. Oh, man. Just not not on live, please. Yeah, not on Twitch. I'll get his kick off. We're several states apart. It can't happen live, so we're good. I don't know what you two are packing. You never know. Five straight defensive players. You have to be loving this draft so far, Doug. I do, man. Wow, that was very non-committal. Thanks. (laughs) Still drinking this Weller Antique 107. (laughs) Nice is all gone. This is straight up. Ooh, that's hot and spicy. <laughs> and we get our first tackle off the board here at number there six overall. Almost as expected, but definitely not who most people expected. Ethan Aquanu goes number six overall to the Carolina Panthers. 
Yeah, actually, I understand this in a couple of different ways. So you have to think about what the top three tackles were really good at. Because the top three tackles were somewhat interchangeable the past couple of days in draft conversation. So Evan Neal is a legitimate tackle prospect. He has played left tackle for Alabama. He has also played right tackle for Alabama. And you can slot him into either position immediately. He is probably best suited right now to play right tackle coming out of the draft. Your other option there is Charles Cross, and he is a mauler in pass protection. But if you're the Carolina Panthers, what are you really looking for here? Protecting Christian McCaffrey. It's more of a balance between pass and run coverage. And you need somebody who's versatile to cover multiple positions. Charles yep. Cross is another guy who probably slots in right away at a right tackle position. Ekem Aquanu can play either tackle position, can play either guard position immediately. He can slide in anywhere across the offensive line other than center. And that makes perfect sense with Carolina Panthers. I love this pick for them. Ekem Aquanu makes perfect sense. And I... Yeah, this is probably the best. This is the ideal situation for Panthers right now. I I have no disagreements with what you said. I think it's a fantastic pick. It fills what is undoubtedly their biggest need. And the fact that you can slot him in anywhere is just bonus, man. That is absolutely fantastic. You can get him close to the center to learn how they talk, you know, learn learn what they're reading. You can get him out wide just to seal up that blind side or even protect out front. Like absolutely fantastic. He's got some agility under him too, so you can pull him and get him out front, out in front of Christian McCaffrey, and, and just go to work, man. I absolutely love this pick. I gotta say, right? Looking at the pick is now officially in for the New York Giants. Ooh. It would make sense for them to go offensive line here as well. They did not pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. They did not. So, I don't know that going quarterback here makes any type of sense. They're going <laughs> to be available in the second round. It doesn't but it's the sense, Giants, it and everybody loves taking quarterbacks in the first round. Dude, that would be hilarious. I would... Here, here, here's the thing. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. That doesn't mean he's not on the team next year. Next year is the fourth year of his contract. The Giants did not pick it up in case he bombs, and then they don't have to pay him the next year, and they can get out and start over with a rookie quarterback from the 2023 class. You're right. At the same time, it's the New York Giants. So anything's possible. But you know, Look, even the you Texans know who didn't did pick get a their quarterback. Fifth year. You know who did get their fifth-year option picked up? Kyler Murray. Christian Wilkins. Kyler Murray. Oh. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is long past his fifth-year option. I said no. Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins. Oh. And Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons and Devin White and Williams, <laughs> Burns and Oliver, T.J. Atkinson, Bosa. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys that have your option picked up. Daniel Jones did not. Quarterback is technically on the board here. I... <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, so, other options, if they don't want to go offensive tackle, which I don't know why they wouldn't. I think Evan Neal makes a ton of sense for them here. There have been rumors of Kadarius Tony being traded, which means wide receiver is absolutely on the board here. I, uh, I'm going to throw this one out here. I did it last year, and Doug, you made fun of me. 
the only reason I think you have room to make fun of me this year is because there's not a lot of good running backs. Any chance we see Brees Hall go here? No, no chance. So, moving on. The other options available. <laughs> I think Kyle Hamilton could be a possibility if they are looking for some help on the back end there. Yes, and um, Evan Neal would make more sense to me. Here's here's the thing with all these NFC East teams, they can really build their teams however they want because the division is wide open every single year. True. There's there's Very no true. real pressure to go and improve any position to until the Cowboys with everybody else. Until the Cowboys have a good offensive line again, in which case the Cowboys will be the new version. I they they lost two of the five pieces on that offensive line. Right, and so until they have a good offensive line again, oh, the division okay. lies open. Once the Cowboys have a good offensive line, it doesn't matter who else they have on the team; they will win the division. Sorry, I was I was listening goes. to the pick, but yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Evan Neal does go to the New York Giants. That makes infinite sense to me. That makes right all the sense in the world. I actually, my prediction would have been Evan Neal five, Dibido at seven. So to have Dibido at five, a Neal at seven. It, yeah, it's I, totally fine. It makes sense to me. I'm with you on that because all the draft chatter had the Carolina Panthers taking a tackle. Why you don't take what you want, knowing you pick before and after them, so right. why you don't solidify a similar position before they pick, I, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm glad it worked out for them. I hope this guy was their number one tackle on the board and that was the gamble they were making. But again... The Giants absolutely desperately needed a tackle. hundred uh, percent. This is an absolutely fantastic pick for him, but I'm with you. I probably would have flip-flopped uh, the order of how they picked it. So the only other way this makes sense to me is if they assumed people would have moved up for Thibodeau at the number six spot, if maybe Carolina were more interested in a trade than we were led to believe before. I mean, I said before the draft started to, you know, Barcode's question here, Maybe Carolina's the spot where we see a first trade happen. And number six, all the tackles being on the board made that a very unlikely proposition. So maybe that's what they were thinking. If it, they took a tackle at five, maybe then there would have been a trade and then Thibodeau would have been gone. I don't know. The draft in itself is almost just as much of a chess match as the games themselves are. And this so, chess match has been going on for a week. Right. Calls right. have been being made. Ingenuous calls have been made of like, hey, what would it take to get this? Like, I don't know, maybe the Packers calling about Darren Waller and that breaking out in the news, even though there's no legitimacy to it. Yeah. You know, good times all around. Uh, so <laughs> number eight spot here could be another spot where we see a trade possibly happen. I kind of don't see it legitimately happening. Um the Falcons are another team, just like the Jets to me, who have so many needs. It really doesn't make sense to target a specific position. This makes way more sense to just target best player available, which then begs the question, who is the best player available? And I think you're in a conversation with a couple of different guys. Do you covet receiver, edge rusher, corner, maybe a defensive back, maybe a defensive lineman. I mean, a couple of different options available here. I don't think you go offensive lineman. I think your real options here are probably Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, or Kyle Hamilton. 
Ooh. Hey, well, we got a little break here. I just want to shout out Greek Wario over on Twitch. Thanks for the follow, my guy. If you're still with us, uh, we don't have any type of uh, interface to let us know when that happens. I just happened to go back and check uh, the mod screen there and figure out what was going on. If we actually got a follow, if we had gotten any follows or the like, appreciate the follow, man. Thanks for thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Good shit. <laughs> It's looking like uh, the Falcons, who've been on the clock, have their pick in. I got to say, this one's as up in the air as really uh, any of them have been. I, I'm thinking if you're looking best best talent available, it, we've talked about it up and down, and, and it's almost like they've been undervalued because of how many of them there are. But if you're looking best player available, pure best talent available, you need to be looking wide receiver here. Um, there, there is a ton of them. It fits a need for the Falcons. Uh, granted, their entire team is a need. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, or you, could, they were last in go... receiving yards, last in receiving yards by wide receivers. Receptions and yards was led by tight end rookie tight end Kyle Pitts, and you just lost Calvin Ridley for the whole twenty twenty two season. It makes too much sense. So the question to me Clark. now becomes. The question to me now becomes, if they do go wide receiver here, does it start a run on wide receivers? This is something we talked about in our mocks, that once a wide receiver goes, it typically starts a run on them. This seems like it would make way too much sense for it to be exactly what happens here with the Atlanta Falcons, and then looking on down at who's picking after them as well. Zero percent chance the Seahawks second receiver, number nine. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Is the, the installation there is the Seahawks. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if it is Jamison Williams, please time this guy out. <laughs> Holy shit. It is a wide receiver. Holy no. What? I haven't seen it yet. Come on. Why I'm, is this like, thing so long? All right, all right, all right, all right. Greg London. Okay. Okay. What? Hold on. Before we talk Drake London, look, gather yourselves. Big D, we are we are, all three of us are watching it. We're streaming the draft. Please don't spoil picks. It is an easy way to get a timeout. That's the, the one hard and fast rule we're going to enforce here tonight. Uh, otherwise, welcome. Have fun. Yeah. Enjoy. And also, drink along with us. I'm drinking a Weller Antique 107 <laughs> Red Label. Uh, I am my, sending them this fucking video, man. Like, one of my favorite bourbons of all time is a weeded bourbon. Uh, you will most likely find the green label most places, but if you can find a red label, Antique 107 is one of the best bourbons of all time, and I most definitely recommend that you pick this one up. Uh, Drake London, by the way, to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm wild. I, I was not wild. ready for that. I was ready for the receiver. That yeah. made sense. I was also about to come back and say, what if they go tackle here? Because that is another massive need for them. Could be. Could be. But Drake, is he the top wide, is he the top wide receiver talent in the draft? To me, no, he is not. Now, the Does question, he make sense the obvious, for scheme fit? The obvious question would be, why is he not my top tackle in this, the top wide receiver in this draft? I think we said tackle there. I, I, I know I, why he's not the top tackle. That is not a question. Fair enough. <laughs> I am drinking this Weller 107, Antique 107 Weeded Bourbon, by the way. 
Um, so Drake London is one of the best big body receivers in this draft class. And honestly, one of the only big body receivers in this draft class worth taking high. So when you look at the actual scheme fit, it really depends on what the Falcons are going to want to do here with this offense. And with Arthur Smith coming in last season, this is fascinating to me to see. You know, what he's done with the Titans over time, turn them into a run-first team. A.J. Brown, kind of a mold for Drake London. I don't necessarily see it, but maybe you can turn him into that kind of a receiver. That kind of an offense would make some sense to me. I would say the absolute best receiver in this class, and I am wearing an Ohio State shirt. You have to assume some bias here, but I don't think I'm alone in this prediction. Garrett Wilson, to me, is the better receiver in this draft class overall. It just depends on what you exactly want that receiver to fill, like what role you want them to play. Drake I London mean, is a big-body receiver, jump up the high point of football. It's a red zone threat every time he's on the field. You know, and I mean that legitimately, a red zone threat every time he touches the field. If you're on your own 20, he can score a touchdown. It is, it is legitimately that kind of a player. But... but Garrett Wilson, to me, is a better route runner, and I don't understand this pick necessarily. If you're with Marcus Mariota, he has the arm enough to throw a deep ball that Garrett Wilson can run better than Drake London can. So so I have two things here. One, Arthur Smith and the Marcus Mariota experiment failed the first time they tried it in Tennessee. I don't think he was really there with Marcus Mariota. Uh, I would say the Arthur Smith experience definitely succeeded with Ryan Tannehill way better than did Miami. Well, that's Adam Gase. Okay. Uh, that being I'm said... I'm all of Miami for that. Fuck you. You're right. We hired Adam Gase. It's all of our faults. <laughs> the entire um, city. No, but, but here's my point. The, it's the Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith offensive offenses are built on big-bodied running backs. Quite yes. literally, massive running backs. Like, it's not really big-bodied wide receivers. Like, A.J. Brown is not a big-bodied wide receiver. Well, he's, he's bigger a, than he's bigger than some. But <laughs> when you talk big-bodied, you're talking a physicality-based wide receiver, a right. Devontae Parker-type wide receiver, who I now have a signed ball of thanks to uh, none other than Doug over here for my birthday. Thank you, Doug. Um, Happy fucking birthday, my dude. But... But for real, like, I I don't understand the pick here. I don't – and I don't understand the pick because I don't understand the scheme fit. And I don't know if he's going to try something new. And if he does, interesting, but I, I'm intrigued. So, to me, this is, again, like, of a this is an extension of what they did last year with that Kyle Pitts selection. So, you're probably taking this to be almost your foil to Pitts in that receiving game where you have Pitts is a legitimate route-running speed guy on the inside, which is rare. That's why he was taking the top five as a tight end. That never happens, except for a guy like Kyle Pitts, who can legitimately run routes like nobody's business, has speed like nobody's business, can get open like nobody's business, right? 
Kyle Pitts was an amazing, amazing prospect. You had to take him. So then get a guy who can do the exact opposite of that in a Drake London, who can jump up and high point the football, is a big body, can separate with strength, with athleticism, and with knowledge of the game to such that he can avoid the penalty when pushing off, right? Which is a legitimate receiver skill. You need to be able to know how to do that. Push off without getting called for it. So Drake London can do that kind of thing. It kind of makes sense in that regard. But man, this is a different pick than anybody would have expected the Falcons here. I would have preferred to see Garrett Wilson go. At the same time, <laughs> at the same time, as an Ohio State fan, I can't wait to see Garrett Wilson go to an actually good team. So, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Oh, man. So the Bears trade up and get him here in the first round, then, you know, your hopes and dreams will be dashed. Oh, if the Bears so, trade so up, Doug, I will be Are the Bears more likely, if the Bears are listening to Justin Fields, are they more likely to go after Omai Olave, or are they more likely to go after uh, Garrett Wilson? If the they're Bears? talking to Justin, um, so if the Bears were to make a trade to get up, they're gonna have to give up way too much to get to the first round. I think they would. They would give up a fuck I, time to get up. And they've got this is they, a complete if, hypothetical. Completely hypothetical. If they did that, I would have to guess it would be Chris Olave, just because Fields has more experience with him. Garrett Wilson did start both years that Fields started at the same time. I would say that. Olave was the more established guy, and Olave and Fields were leaders together on that team in the first year Fields was there. And the second season Fields was at Ohio State, Olave was still more of a leader than Wilson was. I would say that would be more of a personality fit, I guess. That is such a wild scenario. It will never happen, and this is a weird conversation. So I kind of want to move on. Welcome to Draft Talk. True, but the pick is in for the Seahawks. By the way, it has been for the holy bit. shit. <laughs> Go ahead and say who it is. I just I the it. Seahawks picked a lineman. They trade Russell Wilson and then protect a quarterback. About freaking Charles Cross is going <laughs> to Seattle. When you have to protect Drew Locke. He can't run for his life. You gotta. You gotta draft a tackle. Come on. So, I do like this pick for a couple of reasons. I do, too. Um, Main one being that the Seahawks have needed an offensive lineman for the past four years. But at the same time, Charles Cross fills a significant need in pass protection. They've been kind of focused on the run game the past couple of drafts on offense in a way that hasn't helped them at all. And I think they've been, you know, content with their passing game with Russell Wilson and the way he's been able to scramble out of the pocket and get away from the pressure. That's not going to happen with almost anybody else at quarterback. Russell Wilson was a freaky talent that I called and a couple other people called and almost no one in the NFL called at the time. It was a, it was a very weird draft at 2012, 2013 season. So 
They're not going to have that going forward. They need somebody who can actually pass protect. That is Charles Cross. He is a I, destroyer. I'm, I'm going to build build on what you're saying here, Doug, and also answer Big D down here. Um, they're not wanting to protect Drew Locke. Drew Locke is a placeholder. What they are protecting is their future. Uh, we've said this plenty of times in the show, and I firmly maintain this. You do not yeah. draft a quarterback and then protect him. That is a backwards way of doing it. Can get That's your what quarterback the Texans hurt. did, and they destroyed. Yep. They killed Carr's career. That's what the Browns started to do. They killed Couch's career. That's what the Ravens tried to so, do, and they somehow won Flacco the Super Bowl. So that's what the Bears are doing. That's what the Jaguars are doing. That's what the Jets right. are doing. Right. And, right. and they're all scrambling to get their tackle. Because, because now if you look at this from the Jets' standpoint, they just lost the number three tackle. There's not right. a good tackle on the board until round two now. So now you are looking at best available. You want to get another weapon for um, Zach Wilson out there. And, Doug, you, you said Garrett Wilson was going to go to a good team. I have bad news. <laughs> to me, this is a real toss-up, though, because yeah. Jermaine Johnson is on the table, and he is a very good defensive man. <laughs> I I just don't know if he's a top ten pick, though. Like I understand what you're saying. I just I mean okay, but then when does he go? I mean Jermaine Johnson is is worth a top ten pick, legitimately. He is that athletic of a player, and while Garrett Wilson has that production, is wide receiver that that you know valuable to you? Is he that much of a fit to you? A Wilson to Wilson would be fun, though. I do understand that connection. Jesus! Oh no, Wilson. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and so now that we've said that, it's definitely going to happen. Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson for the next twenty years in the AFC East. Going to beat the Dolphins twice a year, every year. Shut up. Nope. You take it all back. No. Bad Doug. It's a very bad Doug. The Jets are celebrating. They, you know, they look pretty happy in the war room about the pick that they've made. The pick is in God knows how long before they finally say it. Mel Kiper, please shut up. See, you guys are on ESPN. I have a board at ESPN for the rest of my life now that Adam Schefter destroyed Dwayne Haskins and uh, you know ESPN's owned by Disney so in general just fuck them I'm on NFL Network and Daniel Jeremiah is also very interested in what the selection might be uh, also have the guy on Madden Brandon Guyton and I can't stand him so maybe you guys are making the right decision anyway Doug you Brandon have Marco Gordon? Brothers with you not Guyton, Gordon Gordon, who, who gives a fuck <laughs> I oh, am fascinated to see what the Jets do here at number 10 overall. This is a weird. This, weird this honestly spot. would have been a valid trade spot for them, too. It could have been, but they did go ahead and make the selection. The pick is in. We're waiting to hear who it is. Go ahead and say it when you hear it, Tug. Called it. <laughs> Fucking called it. It's going to be Wilson the Wilson up in New York. Oh, man. I love Drew right, Wilson. Doug, I'm Doug, sorry, this Drew is Wilson. All you. This is your entire take, man. Send it. 
I, I basically said it when the Falcons made their selection. To me, Garrett Wilson is the best receiver in this draft class. And he has been for the past season and a half. If you haven't watched Garrett Wilson play, you may not understand that simply because of the way the hype has been surrounding guys like Chris Olave, like Drake London, like Jahan Dotson. The hype should have been around Garrett Wilson for a long time now. Why do I say that? Okay. You have to consider there are a couple of different things receivers need to be good at. They need to be fast. They need to be physical at the point of attack. They need to be efficient route runners. And they need to be intelligent enough to know when to break on their routes. Garrett Wilson is good at all four of those things. Actually, excellent at all of those things. He ran actually .01 seconds faster than Chris Olave did in the 40-yard dash in the NFL Combine, which nobody expected, even me. He, on tape, breaks better than anybody in this wide receiver draft class. Man, he is so efficient with his route running. Not only is he fast, he is, I am serious, efficient in his route running. He takes the exact amount of steps required. He looks corners away from his own movement. That is incredible to see at the receiver position in college. That doesn't happen very often. You need to see quarterbacks do that in college. Garrett Wilson does that himself. Every single catch he has made in college football, he has brought two feet down inbounds. He knows where he is on the field. He knows where he is in relation to the defensive backs. And he is one of the best receivers I have ever seen come through the college football at Ohio State. And I have seen several first-round caliber receivers. I mean, in just recent memory, Michael Thomas, one of the most highly paid receivers in NFL history, came through Ohio State, ended up being a third-round pick. I got to see his process at Ohio State. Garrett Wilson is better than Michael Thomas at this stage in his career. Ted Ginn was a first-round pick out of Ohio State at the receiver position in 2007. I know I'm going back in time quarter ways. Garrett Wilson is way, way better than Ted Ginn was at this point in his career. Garrett Wilson is an incredible wide receiver. I am very excited to see what his NFL career holds for him. And now we have a trade, Ben. Go ahead, talk about it. Yeah, we thought we were going to get the first ever pick from the Washington Commanders. Instead, instead, the New Orleans Saints are on the clock. Details of the trade are not out yet. Actually, as ESPN was going to commercial here, they they didn't even say that they trade their pick. They said the Washington Commanders are on the clock when the graphic already had showed that they made the trade. I I'm interested to see the details of this trade i wonder if the you know they just swap first or what's going on here more importantly i'm curious where the saints are going to go here at 11 i am very interested to... wow dude are you okay i'm drinking some bourbon baby <laughs> i'm just gonna chalk all right before you before you chime in here tug i do want to say and before i slur my words even more I think what Bud predicted a second ago is very valid. And I think what we're seeing here is a run on wide receivers. So we had Drake London go at number eight. We had the tackle go, which was expected. We weren't going to get a receiver at nine. We didn't see that. We saw a receiver at 10. 
are the Saints afraid a receiver is going to go at number 11? I think that's probably the case. If that is the case, who do they go here? Is this Jamison Williams? Is this Chris Olave? Who do we see go at number 11? What do you think, son? So this is something that, one, I'm going to chalk the point up for me for uh, correctly predicting who was going to uh, trade up for their pick. Uh, the Saints were the first ones to do so. Uh, but no, I, th- I think this is in line with what we were already talking about, man. The Saints have their guy identified. Uh, they wanted him, and they made, they waited to a point where they could get him, and they executed the trade. My expectation here, I don't know if it's a receiver. Because if it was, it probably would have been Garrett Wilson or Drake London. Those are, are solid fits for what the Saints do. Drake London fits that Mike Thomas mold very well. Um, but man, they need line. They, they need a lot of line and they need all of the line. I think they're worried they're going to lose alignment here. I think they're worried they might lose, uh, Jermaine Johnson here. I think, I mean, I'm going to go with my favorite dude in the draft. I think they're afraid they're going to lose their center here. Their center of the future. Um, (laughs) Well, if they did take a center here, that would be absolutely nuts considering they already have a center and they took a center in two years ago. So I'm just wow. saying No, uh honestly this this screams Jermaine Johnson to me. They traded up to fifteen and eighteen, I think it was, with the expectation that they could use those to jump up to eleven. I'm expecting that to be part of the agreement. Uh I, I, I'm expecting this to be a Jermaine Johnson here for the Saints. Big D, to get to your question, uh, the Saints do have their pick in, so I'm going to try and answer this quickly. I'm hoping they go offensive guard, see what we can get done there for the Bears, and uh, potentially go guard wide receiver in the second round. If they go to the third round, I like the prospect of who I think they would take. I'd love to see them take Dylan Parham. By the time they're picking – in the second round, there's better guards available. Uh, I don't know that they would necessarily fit the way that I think Parham would. Granted, I also want Parham to get picked because he went to Memphis, right? So I want to see them go offensive guard with their first pick. If they go wide receiver, I'm not going to be upset. I, top three needs guard, wide receiver, and then I think you got to look at safety and cornerback there for the Bears this season. So we do have the details on the trade. The Saints received the number 11 overall pick. The Washington Commanders received the number 16 overall, a third round pick, and a fourth round pick all this year. No future draft picks involved in the trade. I love that for the Saints. I love that for the Saints. And they keep all their picks on I'm intrigued, and I'm intrigued because it didn't take the other first-round pick the Saints have, so they still have a second first-round pick in this year's draft. Yes, very true. I I wouldn't be surprised to see them go very, very opposite sides of the ball here. You know, at, at number 11 and number 18 now. Um, wow. I kind of love what the Saints are doing here all along this this whole draft process for the Saints has made a lot of a lot of sense to me uh, because I still think 
Some people aren't going to believe in them as contenders in the NFC South. I still think they are. Even with Tom Brady coming back, this is a legitimate team. With Jameis yeah. Winston at quarterback, with the defense they have constructed, with the skill positions they have constructed, this is a legitimate team going forward. If they have a couple of positions filled here, this is a fascinating team going forward. Amazon Prime Video is going to be carrying the Thursday night games exclusively this year, I think is what Roger Goodell just said. Yes, sir. You are correct. Yes, they are. I am kind of loving that, honestly. I... I like that a lot. And I, I saw, too, that Apple TV currently leading the charge for getting Sunday ticket this year. That's that, I think that's a big win. Uh, anything not direct TV is a big win. Uh, <laughs> Apple TV for a year is 30 bucks, So I will gladly pay the $300, $400 for Sunday ticket plus 30 bucks for Apple TV. Facts. And the New Orleans Saints are... Making their selection. Go ahead and call it out, Tug. I think you're the first of the three of us to see here. Whenever you do, we're, we're doing. We're, we're announcing the announcer for Austin Eckler. So hold on. We're gonna take our sweet time getting this. You picture. do know who that is, right? Who's announcing Austin Eckler? Yes. I don't really, really paying attention. Oh my god. You, okay, you're in timeout. <laughs> that is Tony Gonzalez. By the way, um, if you can't tell by his face, you are not an NFL fan. So fuck you. Okay, Tony. hold on. I hadn't seen his face. I was okay. Fair. It is behind you. It is behind you. Fair enough. You're no longer in timeout. Also, that is Tony Gonzalez. That is Tony Gonzalez. Okay, I, Ghost I, Falcon. That is an excellent question. I have no clue what's going on. It feels like a fever dream right now. There is no rhyme or reason for why these four men and Roger Goodell are on the stage right now. Uh, it's just a thing that we're living with. And it is, uh, it is the number eleven pick in the NFL draft. Anything goes. Jesus <laughs> Christ! The pick's been in. The for pick's been minutes. in. Yeah. Right. Do we know who it is yet? So announce it whenever you see. Oh my it, God! You're, 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 you're before me. So. You've said it twice now. Doug. Oh, Doug. my. We have back-to-back Ohio State receivers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Swabe Lave is going to go play with Alvin Kamara and Mike Thomas. Well, maybe Alvin Kamara. As of right now, Alvin Kamara and Mike Thomas. You know. All right. Legitimate question to either of you. Legitimate question. I'm being serious. Do I do know you, what's going on with that? No, you, I have no, no clue. No, 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 no. Do you guys understand how much I love Chris Olave? You know I do. Like, <laughs> dude, I have had conversations with you about this. <laughs> and not because he's a great NFL prospect. I think Garrett Wilson is by far the infinitely better NFL prospect. He's Chris a fantastic all-around dude. Chris Olave is one of my favorite college players of all time. And I am not kidding. Did we have another trade? Yes. I don't know yet. The Lions are up at number 12. No, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. This was a trade within the division. It was. 
is this Malik Willis? Is this the Lions getting cold feet going for Malik Willis? Or is this them going for Jahan Dotson? Because we have that run of receivers now. What What is going on? Not only have they traded the pick, the pick is already in. So no, whatever that, it is, the Lions were confident in this. No, that's that's usually how these trades work, is when you trade them, you because the clock continues running at the same time. It still took it still took the Saints four minutes. It still took the Saints four minutes to submit their pick. I I Doug, what do you think? Doug, you have an opinion here. What are you thinking, my dude? This has to be a receiver with how quick it came in. Boys, what? What, what is going on right now? Why this is the craziest draft in 30 years. I haven't been alive 30 years, but this is the craziest draft in 30 years. I don't even want to talk about this trade yet. I don't even want to talk about this trade yet. I want to talk about Chris Olave. Did you under, <laughs> do you guys understand that Chris Olave blocked a punt against the team up north? He is the only player in the history of the game to block All right. two All right, hold punts on. for a touchdown. He blocked the punt and recovered it for a touchdown in two consecutive games against the team of course. Chris Olave is one of my favorite players of all time. He broke the Ohio State record for touchdowns in a season in a career in a career last season against Michigan State. I was there for that game. I love Chris Olave. He's one of my favorite players of all time. At the same time, oh my gosh, this draft is insane. Why did they draft him at eleven? When he definitely would have been there at nineteen. Why did the Detroit Lions right. trade up number twelve? All right, what I need you to breathe. I need you oh, to breathe. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a second. Go change your underwear. I know you need to right now. I'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs> so I will say this: as much as this trade shocks me, that it was within the division. The Vikings are notorious first round trick trade backers. Like they love trading back for absolutely no reason. It has been their M.O. for the longest time. Man. I I really need the details of this trade to come Right. Out. I know. I'm asking, I, I was asking, what are the details of this trade? I will lose my mind if this is the part from San, uh, San Diego. Uh, San Diego I State. I would. I absolutely love that. At the same time, it's definitely not what it is. <laughs> it would be fantastic, though. Dude, that that would make this the craziest draft ever. Hey, what'd you draft at number 12? Trade it up and get a punter. <laughs> like, I'm being legitimate here. The draft network is not even accepting a trade if I trade every pick the Lions have for the next four years. For this number 12 pick. I am not even kidding you. I'm trading legitimately every pick the Lions have for the next All right, four Doug, years. I need you to stop saying the word legitimately because you cannot right now. Legitimately? I am drunk as fuck. So the Lions got the 12th overall, 2022 second round pick. So number 46. And this was I a Vikings, the Vikings trade. Got. Yeah, the Vikings... So the Vikings got the 32nd, the 34th, and a fourth-round pick. Uh, and I say it's a Vikings trade because, like I was saying when we timeouted Doug, wow. uh, the Vikings are notorious for trading what back in the first round. What in the world? They have another first-round pick, though, at number 32. 
Why did they no, do they... they traded that. Why? Oh my god, Roger Goodell is drunker than Doug. Oh man. Hey, Ben, you called it, man. This is the run you were talking about. Uh, and I, I don't Williams. I don't get it, man. I don't because this draft is so deep at this position. But but here's my thing. Here's why I don't understand trading up for this pick. I understand he is arguably one of the top two, top three wide receiver talents in this draft. That makes a ton of sense to me. I agree. However, he is still coming off a late season toward ACL. Like, my dude's not going to be ready for minicamp. I... Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'm just overly cautious with ACLs, but... For a receiver, that is not one that I'm going with, man. Not that quick. Okay. First of all, you definitely are too cautious with ACLs because the NFL teams clearly aren't as cautious as you are. Second of all, why? <laughs> Jameson, like, I mean, I would have traded up to number 12, too, with the fucking right, highway robbery they just executed. But... I... I legitimately cannot make this trade on the trade on the draft network's mock draft machine. The I can't possibly make it work. I have tried to trade every single pick for the next decade for the Detroit Lions, and they it, it won't accept it. This trade doesn't make sense for either team, and the, yet the, the Lions traded up and got Jamison Williams. Why? <laughs> what in I, the world? Because it's the lines, man. Ben, I'm going to let you respond to Ghost Falcon here. Okay, actually, I will say, in response to Ghost Falcon, I will say, the receivers that the Packers legitimately want, as far as I have heard, they're more looking towards Traylon Burks. Which makes sense to me. He fits kind of that same role as Devontae Adams. In in the way that he is a big body receiver who is also a kind of a deep threat. It's not to say that Traylon Burks is as good as Devontae Adams. He is not. Okay, Devontae Adams is one of the top five receivers in the NFL. Traylon Burks will not come in as a top five receiver in the NFL. But he is that kind of receiver, and that would make sense to me. In the same way as Traylon Burks, I could understand if the Packers go after a Jahan Dotson. But at this point, I don't know if Jahan Dotson's, Dotson will be available at 22 or 28. Here's I mean, the it, I, I want to throw this, this is out the here, one, too. Go ahead. Go While ahead, we're man. talking about wide receivers, Drake London being the first receiver off the board, the rapper Drake put a bet down that he would be the first receiver off the board. For obvious reasons, I'm sure, and he made right. out big. I don't think anybody saw it. I don't think anybody really saw this run coming, even though it happens every time wide receivers get pissed. I so called trade, it like a trade. week and a half ago. Three straight yeah. trades. The Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. Uh, it's another receiver, by the way. And I say it's another receiver because it is that run that we talked about. No, uh, <laughs> no way. No way. Before, before we get more forward, I do want to mention – 
Uh, since it is pick number 13, it is only makes sense that we mention this new story now. Uh, that Laramie Tunkel has uh, NFT'd, has minted the video of him in his gas mask bomb. Has yes, minted sir. that as an NFT. Uh, this is the proper time to mention that. Uh, I love it. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. We have turned him into like 14 other picks. It is amazing. Um, but well, that then is you turn those 14 picks into Tyreek Hill. So. Probably that's also still. worth it. So what you're telling me is I took a 330-pound man and made him a sleek and slender Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I, I want to say, man, I'm curious. This wow. has to be a receiver. This has to be. I don't even care who it is. All I right. want to see the details right. of the trade. What's in seats? This has to be a Jahan Dotson. Way I don't early. believe that. I'm... I don't believe that. I think they traded up to make sure that they got uh, either Jermaine Johnson or Kyle Hamilton. Who did because they trade with? Did I miss that? They traded with the Houston Texans at number 13. They did. They did. Because I had all that shit typed out. I've had to yep. retype shit for three fucking picks and my brain's destroyed from it. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad I'm not doing that. I'm, do- I'm not doing that part. You're not doing that? Flat? I'm not doing flat. After this pick, <laughs> I need to go use the restroom. By the way, I need a break for a second. <laughs> I am sauced like Garner. <laughs> Welcome to the this stream, is, everybody. This is a great NFL draft, fellas. Wow, what a great podcast. <laughs> oh, by the way, I totally referred uh, my manager to the stream. So good so when shit. You, when you call out tomorrow, he's gonna know why. Oh, I'm off all this week, baby. We're drinking this Weller weeded bourbon. So what? What you mean to tell me is we can expect you live tomorrow for the second round too? Yes, sir. Yes, but you sir. alone. But you alone. You ain't joining me. Come on, fellas. No, no, I want a straight Doug drunk stream that I can enjoy alone. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I think I figured out who Big D is. If you if you tell me who or how to get on this stream, I will definitely do it. Oh, dude, I will I will hook you up. Don't you worry. <laughs> Doug, I found out who Big D is. Who did? I'm guessing your manager, considering he just said glad to be here. <laughs> if if your name is Daniel here, I I love you and I appreciate you. This has been. <laughs> and I'm also drinking Weller Antique 107. So if you want to check out the Red Label Weller, this is a good weeded bourbon. Uh, if you go out to your local. You know, liquor store, you'll find a green label Weller, most likely. But if you can find this red label, Antique 107, it's one of the greatest bourbons of all time. All right, I've seen the draft, uh, <laughs> the, the trade terms. Uh, the Eagles have jumped up two picks. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. Makes for sense. a fourth round and two fifth rounds. Two fifth rounds all this year. Yes, all this two, year. Fourth round and two fifth rounds all this year. So you got to think the Texans are making out like bandits here. No. I mean, I would think so because the Texans didn't even have this pick until they traded Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. 
and Deshaun Watson wasn't going to play for them anyway. So they essentially made out with a first-round pick and two fifth-round picks this year on Deshaun Watson, plus a couple of other picks in the coming seasons. So this is an absolutely just an absolute haul for the Houston Texans. In this season and a couple of coming up seasons, these NFL drafts, I have no idea who the Eagles are going to select here. Doug For... Drink. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> as far as absolute team need goes, I would take Jermaine Johnson here and hope that you have a defensive back available 18 that you're comfortable with. That's probably what I would do. I'll be got a whole party up on the stage. It's going to take 20 minutes for them to announce. Yeah, the the Ravens pick is probably our unit. Oh, there's a couple the guys are Bishop Foreman. Bishop Groman? And you know that you knew that's yeah, what I it was going to be. You said Gorman. I think it's Groman in Las Vegas, the high school. No, it's definitely Bishop Gorman. G O R. Well, then I'm not looking at the same thing because I definitely just see Eagles selection. It is Gorman. Okay. Have another one, buddy. Yes, sir. I love Bourbon so much. You are from Oh, Kentucky. my goodness. Yes, I am. If you see me around on Twitch, by the way, if you know if you happen to follow the same people as I do, anything, I am Kentucky Colonel, um, so it's very obvious that it's me. Just you now, if you're around Twitch. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, you had the defensive part right, Doug. Tell me who it is. Tell me who it is because I can't see. Uh, it. Defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of wow. UGA. All right. They are drafting the Fletcher Cox replacement now. Honestly, honestly, this is the draft position I expected Jordan Davis to go. You know, the the line on him was probably 13 and a half, either to the Texans at 13, to the Ravens at 14. He was going to go around this frame. So to see the Eagles move up to 13 to take him makes absolute sense to me as yep. far as draft position for Player for the team overall, there are other positions I would have preferred them take, but Jordan Davis is such a phenomenal player. It kind of makes sense to me. What do you guys think? I, dude, I love the pick, uh, especially with Fletcher Cox coming up on the uh, twilight of his career. Let's be honest, he is. Uh, you now get somebody who needs a rotational option in there to rotate with Fletcher Cox and learn from him. I absolutely, absolutely love the fit in terms of that that look. And the Eagles yeah. have always been a 3-4 style defense that have operated primarily around Fletcher Cox. So for me, this this makes sense all the way around. That is a very interesting suit. I've never seen anything like that. It looks like he's wearing a sash, but he's not. Right. <laughs> it looks like a Guatemalan general. He <laughs> looks like a red stripe bottle is what he looks like. A very tall red stripe bottle, though. Hey, Doug, do you have a red stripe bottle? 
I do not. I wish I had a red shot bottle. Dude, I was expecting you to mention your bourbon again. I do not have a... Well, Red Stripe is a Jamaican beer, so... Well, fuck yourself. You're expecting me to damage mention bourbon. Well, Doug, go take a break. Okay. And uh, I guess I'm going... Out, Doug and not me, so... No, he um, took himself out. He's got other things going on. I'll sit here and talk for a little bit. Go hey, go enjoy hey, your potty break. I will I will wait for Doug to come back. We can talk about this for a minute here. Uh, I want to talk about Jordan Davis for a second because, first of all, it is fascinating to me how how incredible this Georgia line was this past season. And I want to mention that if you want to keep up with college football recruiting, one of the best things you can possibly do, honestly, either follow 24-7 sports or follow the big dudes in the trenches at all of our locations because Tug, Bug, and I keep track of this recruiting as much as possible. We keep you on top of this kind of thing. Georgia has been one of the best recruiting teams in the nation for the past probably four or five seasons. It's truly incredible. Not only across the defensive line, though, across the entire front seven and the offensive line, right? We could have predicted this national championship push for quite a while now because of that alone. Big dudes in the trenches. It's not only the name of our podcast, it's the name of our football philosophy. I mean, seriously, you get offensive line, defensive line in order, a lot of other things fall in place. Jordan Davis makes a ton of sense, not only because of his run-stopping capabilities, he makes a lot of sense you know, rushing the passer. If he can get inside that guard and center, if he can get either that one-tech or that three-tech position, he makes a ton of sense. It depends on what the rotation is going to be. But if you still have Fletcher Cox on that defensive line, Jordan Davis makes a ton of sense for year one. You can rotate him in, get him that kind of experience, get him in replacement of Fletcher Cox going forward. That Eagles defensive line is going to be very scary going forward into the next, really, honestly, the next decade. Now, to answer Barcode's question here, do you guys see a running back going forward in the first round? The only legitimate first round running backs that I have on the board would be Bruce Hall. Uh, the other guy that people have talked about would be Kenneth Walker III. I don't have him as a first-round guy. Brees Hall is the only guy I have in the first round for me personally as a, on, on the board. The only spot I see him possibly going would be the Buffalo Bills. But again, that's kind of my what I want to see happen. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, while you guys answer that question, please take me off stream. I need to go to the restroom. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I got to agree with him, though. I think Brees Hall is the obvious one here that has first-round potential. Kenneth Walker the third, he does, but we also saw that, and this might have just been indicative of Michigan State this year, that if you neutralized him, you could win the game. He was able to take over a couple games, notably the Michigan game. I don't know. It could go either way, honestly. It could really go either way. I don't know that it happens this year, though. I don't. I, I don't really think it, don't. I don't think a running back goes first round. If if it is, it could be. Oh God, hold on, picks coming in. Um, yes, stand by one. 
if he does, it's going to be Brees Hall. Like that's. I am not Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, off the board to the Ravens. Um, man, I love this pick. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is the best safety on the board. Uh, he is all over the field. He is a true deep center fielder. Uh, some might say Ed Reed esque. Uh, which is what the Ravens have been hurting for since Ed Reed retired. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the articles out there recently enough uh, that have said when Tom Brady played against the Ravens, I've seen this recently. Uh, he used to write on his uh, quarterback wristband there to uh, find number 20 on every play, which was Ed Reed's number. So that's the type of safety the Ravens are looking for. And Kyle Hamilton, maybe not day one, but Kyle Hamilton – definitely has that upside potential uh, to, to be that type of safety out there in the NFL. 100%. And the only problem I have with this pick is I don't know how much his style is going to transfer over to the NFL as far as not being called or anything. He's very physical. Very man-up type guy. They're not letting defensive backs get away with anything in the NFL right now. That's the only thing that worries me. Maybe it's me overreacting. Maybe it's me being crazy, but it's a good pick otherwise. You are being crazy, bud. I'll explain why. <laughs> I, I the, love this pick. The only thing that I have seen on film that actually translates to the NFL from Kyle Hamilton is that zone coverage ability. And I'll explain why here. You know, that man coverage is too tight. He is a little bit too slow for some of that man coverage, that press coverage. He loses a little bit of step in some of that coverage. Watching him even against Oklahoma State in the bowl game, right? Those Oklahoma State receivers aren't known for their separation ability, they were able to get away from Kyle Hamilton here. The only thing he was really able to do as a collegiate safety that I believe will translate to the NFL is his in-the-box stuff, in-zone you know, coverage stuff, we can see really translate here. So if, if he's on a tight end, that will translate very well. We look in the division... You know, Cleveland has a couple of tight ends. Right now they have David Njoku really being that main one. It is going to be covered by Kyle Hamilton right away. Cincinnati Bengals had C.J. Uzomu. You know, they might be looking for a tight end here in this draft class, somewhere in this draft. That guy will be covered by Kyle Hamilton. You know, who really gets covered from the Steelers by Kyle Hamilton? And maybe we're a receiver it, right now, other it, than Chase Claypool, who really be is the, deep, the size of the tight end. Yeah. So, I, I, I would add to you, Doug, it'd be that deep zone. It'd be that deep center field right? zone. And and that's right. kind of what I was leading to. Yes. I was saying so he fits the Ed Reed-ish mold in that absolutely. sense. Absolutely. You are absolutely correct. There are two roles he can fill. Either the deep zone or the in-the-box zone. And either one of those, I think he can be elite at. And both of those zone roles, the Baltimore Ravens really want to fill. 
So either one of those, I think Micah is going to fill the top one, and Kyle Hamilton is going to fill the bottom one and the box one. I think both of those are going to be covered for the long term here. And in in the division here, I don't think any receiver is going to have a lot of leeway, either playing the Steelers or the Ravens going forward. You know, I said Micah uh, Fitzpatrick here for the Steelers. They're going to kind of play the similar role. It's going to be kind of locked down that main guy, that big body guy that's going to be a coverage mismatch for most of the league in division. That's not going to be a mismatch at all. The Steelers and the Ravens are going to be ready here. Nick Fitzpatrick and Kyle Hamilton. All right. We have our first interior offensive lineman going in this draft. It is Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M to the Texans. Doug. I don't like it at all. Really? I don't like it at all. Zion Johnson's on the board. Oh, man. This one is interesting. I, Texas A&M has built a pretty big brand. Texas A&M was always, always did, a big brand. They did built the highlight a, they just show show him blocking a dude that was already blocked and counting it? Yes, as showed it, set up a double team. Yes. Double yes. team, yes. Uh, the A&M, the Aggies, they were already a brand. Moving to the SEC, they built a national brand more so than I think they ever had. But this doesn't really – I don't know that this – Immediately, I have to think they're doing this because they want to get some more of Texas behind the Houston Texans, right? Because the Cowboys reign supreme. They still want to claim their America's team. I don't know that that's true so much. I think this is kind of a little bit of what that is. But, man, that's that's a weird one. To me, it would have made a lot more sense to go Zion Johnson simply because he can play a lot more different roles. Zion Johnson, I believe, can kick out to tackle eventually. I don't know that Kenyon Green can actually do that even ever. I mean, he is a legitimate inside guy. Now, the one way that this this makes sense to me is that Titus Howard is more of a tackle than a guard. And you have Titus Howard playing a guard position right now. So you fit Kenyon Green into that guard position, move Titus Howard out to guard, that makes a lot of sense to me. Titus Howard is a natural tackle. He plays a lot better at that tackle position. Ah, that can work. At the same time, why not get the more versatile Zion Johnson? I think Zion Johnson is the better guard anyway than Kenyon Green. Zion Johnson even has a little bit of experience, experience at least playing the center position, which Kenyon Green does not. Get the guy who has more versatility. That would make more sense to me. Hear me out. Green, though, going to the Texans. I mean, I can't hate it. He is a good, legitimate first-round pick guard prospect. What do you think, Doug? They could have taken Tower Linderbaum. (laughs) If you've been watching the big dudes in the trenches for any any number of weeks, you know that Tyler Linderbaum is legitimately one of my personal top five draft prospects. <laughs> one of my, I love the guy. Just one of my all-around favorite college players from last year. I love the versatility yes. he brings. I love the agility he brings to the center position. He's just, he doesn't have versatility in position because he's undersized for a guard. So that's one of those things, again, where it's like, he legitimately can play center Day or one. guard. Day one. 
I think he can play guard day one. He's six foot one. He can play guard. Six foot one is big enough to play guard. With his arm length, he can pull it off. I don't think he can play tackle day one, but you don't need him to, right? The question is, what do you really need here? I guess my only way to make sense of this is that the Texans need a guard day one. They want to move Titus Hard out to that right tackle position. Which in would which make case, sense to me. In which case, Kenyon Green is the most NFL-ready card at the moment, I guess. But Zion Johnson can be a plug-and-play in almost any position on that offensive line. The and and, and Jermaine Johnson still being available really intrigues me. Uh, we'll see how much longer he is available. He was shooting up draft boards for a while there. He really was, and mostly because of his senior bowl you know, performance. He dominated some of those offensive linemen at the senior bowl. And some of those guys I ended up dropping in my third or fourth round based on the senior bowl performance. Kind of against Jermaine Johnson. So if you seen my seven-day mock draft on bdtfootball.com. You will have seen some of those guys fall, especially those at guard and tackle combo from the University of Kentucky. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They dropped the Ravens round. traded Marquise Brown to the Cardinals for pick number 23. The Ravens are back in the fucking top round. So Marquise Brown, who, if you Hollywood remember... Brown. Hollywood Brown earlier, just a couple of months ago, there were rumors that he was going to retire from football altogether. Now, he did dispel those rumors. It was kind of like, come on, guys, really? But he, I, I who is Lamar Jackson going to throw the ball to? Uh, Jahan Dotson, when they somehow hope that he falls to them. Yeah, you got to figure they're going wide receiver at 23. They have I, to go wide they receiver. Have to. They have to. I know. I can't believe it either. What's with the draft coverage just kind of rushing that off like it didn't happen? Well, well it's not Jahan Dotson. It's not Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson's going on his way down to uh, Washington uh, to join the Commanders. I just wow. want to point out, no, 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 I'm shoving this. The in first who's ever pick this. by the Washington Commanders, Jahan Dotson. <laughs> I want to, I want to, Push this out that I had predicted that the commanders were going to draft a wide receiver, and everyone told me, I was Holy crazy. shit, you did! Everyone John Turner, where crazy. are you? Answer for your John crimes. At John Turner, where are you at? <laughs> Excuse me right. while I go to Facebook real quick. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to message his ass too. Legitimately, I had no idea this would be receiving. And let alone Jahan Dawson at 16. Oh, my goodness. I thought there was a real possibility Jahan Dawson would go to the Kansas City Chiefs at 29 or 30. Let alone at number 16 overall. Wow. And what a run of wide receivers this has been. Well, you called it right at when the first receiver was taken at number eight overall. This could have been a run on receivers, and there really was one, to be honest with you. Drake London, and then not a receiver to the 
Seahawks. We expected that receiver to the Jets, trade up for a receiver to the Saints, trade up for a receiver to the Vikings. I mean, technically, they trade back for a receiver at 16. It doesn't even feel like it. Jahan Dotson should not have gone at 16. And the Chargers pick is in. And the Chargers pick is definitely in. I think there is no way this is not Trevor Penning. This makes the most sense to me. At the same time, I want to get your guys' opinion. Uh, It's it's not. What what in the world do you think this could possibly be? I mean, Jermaine Johnson is on the board. Zion Johnson is on the board. Doug, I know who the pick is. I can't tell you. I know know who the pick is. I have to keep it silent. Has the pick already been announced? In which case, go ahead and say it. It is Zion Johnson. All right. All right. Zion Johnson actually does make a lot of sense to me. I think in the future, he could move out to tackle. Right now... The Eagles traded. They're trading their picks to the Tennessee Titans. I, like, I hate cutting you off, but this is the most... that. Look. All right. Look. Fellas, fellas we, we have to go live. Oh, my God. No, it's who's involved in the trade. Oh, my God. What? AJ Brown is being more. traded to the Eagles. No way! No! No! I just got that as a separate notification on my phone. Yes, it's AJ Brown going to the Eagles. What? This is the third first round trade the Eagles fourth. have accomplished. It. No, no. Oh, the Eagles alone have accomplished today. What in the world? You have to think this has to be Traylon Burks. Tug, please promise me you will be available for the draft tomorrow. Okay, round two or round three, you have to be available. We have to live stream this. Bug, please, at least I, I, please. I am going to... Please send your kids. To I I make I make no promises. I had but fellas, I will I will absolutely watch. I will talk to my wife, but I I can't. I make. Don't say that. He will. Hey, hey, he's done it at least three times. Hey, hey, Morgan, if you're watching this live. Fuck yourself. We got to stream this draft day. <laughs> round two, round three. The NFL draft is insane. Oh my god. What? Is... what? Oh my gosh. Dude, if I'm Miami, I'm just making a call to see if I can trade up because fuck it. Everybody else is. I, I want you, in on the fun. You, you might be able to trade up for nothing. AJ Brown to the Eagles, man. I knew they pick. wanted a receiver, but first round pick in twenty twenty seven. Good luck. Have at it. You can have my first round pick this year. Hold on, I have <laughs> the actual the world. Believe it or not, the ESPN app is somehow ahead of the fucking stream. Well, so NFL Network says the pick is in for the Tennessee Titans. This is the street like the live coverage is all about commercial, and they like. I, I wouldn't even bother. 
having them as our official source of any details for anything, Here, honestly. D- Doug, here's the killer, though. The Titans still have their second first or their other first round pick. It was AJ Brown in a third round pick. Is what I am seeing. Wow. All right, boys. I will be right back. I. Wow. This has to. This has to be a receiver. Wow, you really were right back. Okay. The Titans Titans have 18 and 26. Yes. As far as I can tell. Oh, my gosh. All right, dude. All right. So, legitimately, the first – folks tuning in on Twitch, thank you so much, by the way. I really appreciate you. Second of all, this is the second ever NFL Draft live stream the Big Dudes in the Trenches have ever done. The first ever episode of the Big Dudes in the Trenches. We started off with uh, some bracket time. We, we thought that might be a way that we could differentiate ourselves from other – NFL coverage, college coverage. We said, hey, let's have some NFL bracket time to determine who might be the best at whatever. (laughs) We, in our first ever episodes of the Big Dudes in the Trenches, found me a new NFL team. That ended up being the Tennessee Titans. Wow. Doug, do you want more craziness? I don't know if I can handle more craziness. Okay. I might have a heart attack based on... All right, well, in other NFL news, <laughs> Eagles wide world? receiver A.J. Brown has signed a four-year extension worth $100 million. <laughs> Oh, my This was goodness. agreed to previously. The, the, so what this Absolutely. tells me... What this tells me is looking at the... Uh, Looking at oh, the deals man. so far, the the teams had agreed to the trade. They were no, waiting for the agents no to come to an agreement. Had, absolutely, they had to come to an agreement before. Wow. A.J. Brown is on the Philadelphia Eagles. And gets an extension, all in five minutes. Four-year extension on the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so you know what this means, right? It's got to be a receiver. The, the Eagles are the best receiving core in the NFC. Yeah, you Who might, in the world you might be right. The NFC. Are, are we talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin? Maybe. They're right in line with them. That's... <laughs> I also have... Throwing to those Buccaneers receivers is Tom Brady. Throwing to those Eagles receivers is Jalen Hurts. So yeah, okay, I take the Buccaneers receivers. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin versus Devontae Smith. Like you know what they say, right? AJ Brown, tits up, titties out. Nashville. That's not what I said. Nashville, baby. He's out. <laughs> Just announce the damn pick. Thank you. I know. I know. Come on. So, all right. One thing I will definitely say is, first of all, thank you, Big D2323, 
for signing on, catching us for at least as much of the draft as you could. Well, as much of the draft as you could watch. Thank you for staying with us. Second of all, um, the Tennessee Titans won the division, the AFC South, with the most number of starters in NFL history. They had the most number of injuries, the most number of injury exclusions for an NFL season in history. And to trade up to number 18 for what we now know is wide receiver Traylon Burks. I love this pick, man. Could they not have gotten him at number 26? I don't think so, because you have the Packers picking before them. They jumped the Packers to make this happen. Wow. They They found an area where they could make this happen, and they jumped the Packers for it. Ben, Ben. Whooping! Uh, yeah, that's not the only reason you're going to be wooing. Oh, bye, Doug. He'll be back. Um, name the next receiver for the Packers on the board in the first round. There no. it is. <laughs> there it is. No, that's not. They're not taking a receiver. It's fine. They're going to take another quarterback. The only way they wow. take a receiver is if they take John Mechie. He's the wow. next best wide receiver out there. So the Saints took Chris Olave. You really got to think who's really available for them and who really fits their team. That's... Trevor Penning makes a ton of sense at 19. I got, I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. What is going on? <laughs> I don't know. Traylon Burks at number 18. What in the world? We'll see you talking in a minute. Weren't, weren't uh, we just, like, last week, weren't we making jokes about how there's no way Traylon Burks gets taken in the first round? I think there was a legitimate conversation of Traylon Burks going in the first round after his combine performance. Just because of how slow he was, how, you know, unpolished he looked as a route runner at the NFL combine. Then come the Arkansas Pro Day. Of course, he looked great there. He everybody looks great at a pro day. If you don't look great at your pro day, that means your college failed you, not you failed you. So let's be real here. Trevor Burks was going to look good at his pro day. Well, let's also be real here. You know, we as the big dudes in the trenches have been on top of the Arkansas Razorbacks for a couple of years, and for a really good reason. They've been on the upswing for what, two, three years now as a legitimate contender in the SEC West? Not kidding at all. Arkansas has been really good and on the rise for a while now. Traylon Burks has been a significant part of that. And we expected them to be you know, a considerable part of this first round of draft, Traylon Burks being the main component of that you know, contingent. I had no possible idea Traylon Burks would be going as high as number 18 overall, let alone the Titans trading up for a second first-round pick in order to take him at number 18. They still have a pick at number 26. And I want to say, too, Big D, thank you for joining us tonight. If you're still around, make sure to hit that follow button before you get out of there and uh, have a good night yourself. Look, it makes sense. 
the, the trade makes a lot more sense now. That's all there really is to it, right? You trade right. A.J. Brown, and then you go get a guy like Traylon Burks, who, by the way, the pro comparison for Traylon Burks is A.J. Brown. So I it agree. makes perfect sense to me. And it, especially when you think they're adding on a $100 million extension. So now you just got dollar yeah. discount A.J. Brown. I know, but you're still throwing to him with, you know, a quarterback. Ben Who's been competent? Really truly believes in. He's been competent. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill has been decent. But when has he legitimately been one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL? Never. It, but he never. But clearly, you don't need him to be a top ten quarterback. They won the fucking NFC last year, or the AFC they, last year. They won the AFC in the regular season. Yes. You don't need you don't need to win the regular season. You need to win the playoffs. But also same with, understand. But same here's with the thing, Tug. Hey, 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 Tug, before you go off on that tangent, I want to say same with same with NFC Tampa Bay. You don't need to win the NFC with Tom Brady. You need to win the playoffs with Tom Brady. How do you get to the Super Bowl? Not how do you get to the playoffs? How do you get to the Super Bowl? You're you're not wrong, but here's my here's my caveat to that. You have a Derrick Henry that's not battling an injury, right? The Maybe. Titans won. You, the Titans won the AFC last year in the regular season without a healthy Derrick Henry for ninety percent of the season. Sure. You with, sure. with a talent but like I mean, Derrick Henry on your team, you need a game manager. You just traded away AJ Brown, though. But you got his replacement, who is like him. Hey, Doug, what's the best ability? Availability. I really thought they were going to announce the pick for Milton Hall. (laughs) How how available was A.J. Brown last year? A.J. Brown, hold on a second. A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown were both traded this today. Yeah. For a first-round pick. All right. Um... Uh, you I called this remember. one, Doug. This is a Trevor Penning for the Saints. I don't remember who said it. I just want to say this absolutely is the most wild first round of the last, I don't know, 30 years. That was Ben. <laughs> that was me quoting Adam Schefter, quoting a NFL top executive. I don't trust Adam Schefter. I trust you know, Ben Wager. An NFL top uh, executive. An unnamed NFL top executive. Ben Wager quoted an NFL executive and saying this is the most ex- exciting first round in a long time. I believe it. Trevor Penning, number 19 overall to the New Orleans Saints. All right. Legitimate conversation. Legitimate, unbelievable, legitimate conversation. I truly believe. This is not bullshit. I truly believe the Saints are in contention for the NFC South, even over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Fight me if you want to. I truly believe that. What do you, do you say, think? Do you think Bruce Arians being gone is going to make that much of a difference? I don't think Bruce Arians being gone makes a difference. I think the Saints are that legitimate of a talent. I'm going to take the third stance on this. Okay. Todd Bowles what? is going to make that big of a difference. Okay. What do you, what Todd do you Bowles think? is not a good head coach. Ooh. Ooh. 
Ooh. He has had two failed stints. He can't really draft well. Wow. He, yeah. I sorry. Todd Bowles is not that good of a head coach. Um, so you're 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 taking the New Orleans Saints as the winners of the division. I don't know if I'm willing to commit that yet, but I will agree that it's going to be a much more competitive division than anybody else was expecting. I will say when they were agree when, when, when Todd Bowles was the head coach of the New York Jets, that was not a good team. And even in his drafts, when he was involved in the draft, that was not a good team. So and, and that's is, my point. So he can't really draft well. He can't yeah. really coach them up. Hey, what are you doing here for me, buddy? I think the biggest thing in his favor is that Bruce Arians is still involved in the front office. But, but I agree with you, and I think New Orleans is a much, much, much bigger threat to that, to that division than anyone is really giving them credit for. And you know, I think a lot of people are thinking they need to trade up for a quarterback in order to be competitive. Jameis Winston is much better than any of the quarterbacks you could have taken so far. And that has panned out so far. We have not had a single quarterback taken in the um, civil draft. I'm going to ruin this real quick. Because I have, I don't know if this is a Twitter guess prediction or if something just broke before it should have. I have uh, Armando Salguero tweeting out that the Steelers are taking Kenny Pickett. I'm not So I I will say, I will say, it says the pick is in on ESPN. I hold off on putting the pick is in up because they're at commercial right now. There's no point in having the pick is in for the whole commercial break. Right? There just isn't. (laughs) Excuse me. What I will say, though, is the timer was on. They showed Kenny Pickett. They cut from Kenny Pickett and very quick and went to commercial. And almost immediately as they went to commercial, the pick was in. So obviously, there's that delay that we're looking at with the players. I don't think it's inconceivable to think that Kenny Pickett is the guy that they're going with here. Again, this would be the third one by my estimation. If you if you want to count uh, the Texans taking Kenyon Green from Texas A&M as a homer pick, so to speak, this would be the third one of the sort. I'm interested to see how the quarterback competition goes because I don't know that I'm – I have massive bias here. But I don't know that I'm comfortable starting Mitch Trubisky. I'm certainly not comfortable starting Mason Rudolph. But at the same time, I don't know that I want Kenny Pickett to come in and learn from either of these guys. No, no freaking way. If I am the Pittsburgh Steelers and I am drafting a quarterback, if I am forced to draft a quarterback, I'm drafting Malik Willis, and I'm I'm not thinking I'm not thinking twice about it, honestly. If I am forced Hold to draft on. quarterback, I'm thinking I'm drafting Malik Willis. If That's fine. That's fine. I've got, I got to stop you. I got to stop you. This is a football podcast, but I love hockey. And that ESPN commercial for the NHL playoffs with the was, music. Oh, dude, that got me going. It took me, it took me back to NHL like 2002. Or maybe it was Madden 2002, actually. I think that game was – or 2000. It was Madden 2000 that that song was on. Yeah. And it took me back, and I, I'm just – that was a fantastic commercial and excellent music <laughs> choice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to derail it completely there, but – Understandable. Whew. The only thing I will say with Kenny Pickett, while I agree with the assessment, 
you guys have made to this point, Pittsburgh makes a fucking habit out of picking hometown players, James Conner. If you, so they're showing the high roller, that's the Ferris wheel that we're seeing here on the screen right now. If you ever go to Las Vegas, do the happy half hour. It is worth every single penny. 30 minutes, drink all you can while looking over the strip. Go at night, it costs a little bit more. But seeing the the fountains lit up at night while you're drinking a, a beverage of your choice, it's it's worth it. It is one hundred percent worth it. Brothers, we need to talk about that after the stream. I need to come with you. But at the same time, I would say more than quarterback, what makes sense to me for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if 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 they don't take a quarterback here, would be the quarterback. Trent McDuffie, or the defensive lineman still on the board in Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt makes a ton of sense. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers love the pass-rushing defensive lineman. That would make a lot of sense to me. Oh, man. Franco Harris is making the pick. That means nothing. I mean, there's I'm just saying. options available. Franco Harris is amazing. I love Franco Harris. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. All right. As an offensive lineman in most of my career, Franco Harris as is one of my favorite NFL players of all time. It wow. is, in fact, a Kenny Pickett. Boom. 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 They love they love their hometown players, man. <clears throat> I'm gonna be real, man. Hometown player does has nothing to do with it. I'm be, I'm I'm completely serious with you. Hometown has nothing to do with it. Pittsburgh has way too much integrity to do anything to do with hometown players. This hometown, all right. So. And we made Doug, it to pick twenty before a quarterback was taken. So this is this is something that's really hard to believe, and I understand if you don't even believe me. Hometown player is not something that even enters the mind of an NFL GM until like the second, third, fourth round. It can't be. I, I will, I'll defend Tug here a little bit. It's been me that's to. been saying this a lot more. You have to legitimately take the best player at the position. If you're going to take a quarterback, take the guy that you want more than the you know the, the player that fits the region or the, you know, if <laughs> some of the conversation about the Browns in 2018 was that Baker Mayfield didn't have the hands, if, hand size. If you want that kind of a player, take Sam Darnold. If you want the kind of player that Baker Mayfield is, take Baker Mayfield. Who gives a shit? If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers here, take the guy that you want. Don't legitimately do not ever think about what college he comes from, what county he comes from as a high school player, Think about what kind of a player he is. And think of whether he fits your scheme, what you want to do as an offense. That makes infinitely more sense. I know the New England Patriots have traded their pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
All right, go ahead, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> go ahead. What in the world is going on? You got to figure the Chiefs are going wide receiver. They've got to get that Tyreek Hill replacement. What in the world? What in the world? I'm not, I, I don't want to say that I've got a bias here because we saw, we talked about it at the top that this was predict, this was the wildest draft in 30 years. I, I don't think that's even disputable at this point. That is just a fact. This is the world we're living in. Wow. Wow. It's got to be a receiver. They jumped Green Bay. It has to be a receiver. You would think so. At the same time, Jermaine Johnson is still on the board. Jermaine Johnson is still on the board, and I don't, I don't, I legitimately, I don't believe that Green Bay is in the 22 overall wide receiver market. I know, I know they treated Devontae Adams. I don't think Green Bay is smart enough to take a receiver at 22. <laughs> Let's go Malik Willis. Malik Willis at 22. I I might have to go off the stream for a little bit if that happens. And I, I live on a military base. We have quiet hours and all that fun stuff. I have I live in a duplex. I'm going to get a complaint if they, if they take Malik Willis at 22. You live in officer quarters and you live in a duplex? That's a discussion for a different time, I think. That's trash. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I don't hear anything in their house, and they don't hear anything in mine. They're very nice duplexes, so. Not to be fair, there. if you live in a duplex, I'm coming over come September, and we go to the Kansas City NASCAR Spring Comp Championship at race. So, all right, just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I already told you it's going to happen. Bring that. After hey, Tug, it looks like uh, looks like your boy Torsalus is uh, is trying to get a hold of you, trying to call you. I, you know, yeah, maybe just saying, you know, maybe maybe if you uh, if you uh, if you gave us a follow, maybe he maybe he'd answer your phone call. You know, he, you know? I believe yes, he has sir. given us a follow. Yes, sir. Torsalus, how you doing, man? And Torsellius. Torsellius. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, there are. Pronunciation doesn't matter. One. There are ten yeah. kids between yeah, our duplexes. Yes, <laughs> we don't hear each other. It's amazing. Get a the 29th overall, a third and a fourth round pick this year. Wow! So, oh my God! Wow! Dude, this first round draft. All right, let's be real. Why? Why is this first round more crazy than the whole offseason has been? This because crazy. you don't have the quarterbacks available. Exactly, Tug. I agree with you 100%. There are no quarterbacks that are necessarily worthy of that first Roger round. Strong. Therefore, all these moves are happening for other positions. Which Why position would you make this trade? What position? What, what, who player, what player is this? Duffy. Why would you trade up for Trent McDuffie? <laughs> well, 
right. Okay. Ben, ben started that thought and went, nope, I have nowhere to go with this one. Okay. Legitimately? He's a good player, but he would have been there at 29. Legitimately, Trent McDuffie is one of... I am not kidding you. Legitimate, Trent McDuffie is one of my favorite players in this draft class. <laughs> Well, why would you trade up? <laughs> I, I will say, if they think the Packers were going to take a defensive back, which they absolutely should, they do need help on that front. It makes sense. But I don't I don't know that McDuffie would have been the guy the Packers went after. I, uh, this is going to be Jermaine Johnson or uh, John Mechie, which it's way too early for John Mechie, but. All right, here's the, here's the thing. For the Cardinals, for the Cardinals, you had nothing other than Patrick Peterson, and then you got rid of Patrick Peterson. So you have absolutely zero. You have nothing. You have zero players at all who are capable of playing defensive back for you. Kenny. Trent McDuffie is legitimately, legitimately, potentially the greatest slot corner in the NFL come year two. I'm not kidding you. Trent McDuffie is one of the greatest inside corners in the NFL. At the same time, do you really trade up for that? No. When you could have had either him or Andrew Booth Jr. at, I don't know, 23? <laughs> Why? Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. So, my wife is texting me saying Kenny Pickett's mom is an absolute MILF. So I got to throw it out there. It's not my original thought. I She actually said it, so I can't get in trouble for it. If your wife is saying it, then we know it's true. Kenny Pickett's wife is a Mom. Kenny Pickett's mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Kenny Pickett's mom is bankable. We know what Kenny Pickett's wife is. Oh, my God. I would lose my mind. No, make this the thing right now. There's zero chance it happens. He was a second or third round wide receiver, but I would love to see him play for the Cowboys to answer that question. Or the Houston Texans playing for Lovey Smith. That would be that would be a hard dick status time. So all right, the legitimate legitimate conversation about Calvin Austin. He is a bottom of the second round guy for some teams. I also think he is a top of the fourth round guy. For those same teams, right? It depends on where he ends up going in the third round. If he goes in the third round, that will be a surprise to me personally. I think he will be available at the top of the fourth round. I would be comfortable drafting him at the top of the fourth round. And simply because he is not... <laughs> he is not... Fuck good. you, Green Bay! 
He's that, not good. That's a knee. I want. I, I want to. Cons- I want to. Before we get into Packers conversation, I want to talk about Calvin Austin because that was a question for the from a, a follower here. Um, I would not take him at the top of the fourth round because he was is specifically good at one thing, and that is speed. I would want to take him at the top of the fourth round to be that speed receiver, and at other draft positions, he is. I would want to take a more complete receiver, other than Calvin Austin. So, but so here for at the number first... twenty-two, we have Cal, we have Quay Walker. Quay Walker, not a wide receiver. Hold on, before we go any further, and before we talk about Quay Walker, I want it known. Uh, that the Ravens have traded their pick to the Bills. Um, the Bills are on the clock. Oh man. Okay. All right. So, all right. This is this Here's, is why Doug wants to go live tomorrow. This has been too crazy to not go live tomorrow. Legitimately, shut the fuck up for like thirty seconds, please. Let me talk. <laughs> first You're of a all, drunk. First of all, it is insane that Quay Walker is the first receiver off the board. Linebacker? Yes. Linebacker. I meant linebacker. I Thank you. This is why I need you guys with me tomorrow. Morgan's on the linebacker. Quay Walker is great. I'm not kidding you. Quay Walker is great at coverage, at run support. I prefer... I prefer other linebackers. Quay Walker, at the same time, is a legitimately great linebacker. I understand the pick. Here's where it comes in at 22. I don't believe the Packers take a receiver in the first round. (laughs) No, they don't, and I love it. They never have. I don't think they do. And Quay Walker is exactly the first-round example of that. I love yep. this. I love this a lot. I not only for my, you know, you know, like a dream of the Packers draft here. I love this for what the Packers actually need. Let's be real here. The Packers need a lot of positions. They need an edge rusher. They need a linebacker. They need a defensive tackle. They need a cornerback opposite of Jair Alexander. They need two wide receivers here. They need a quarterback other than Aaron Rodgers. Is the guy out of Utah State really a legitimate quarterback prospect? I don't know. Do the Packers know that? No way. No way do they know that. So let's be real here. The, the Packers basically need everything. Let's take the best player on the board. To them, that was Quay Walker, which I understand because of the length, because of the athleticism, because of the production per snap of Quay Walker at Georgia. That front seven production, I understand letting their guys go, getting Quay Walker into the position. It makes some sense to me. I will say at the same time, it also makes sense to me they potentially take a front seven guy with their number 28 overall pick, which will make Packers fans very mad. And I would love that very much. Okay, <laughs> Doug, I need to ask your, your question on this trade or your opinion on this trade here. Is this for Brees Hall? 
is this no where way. we see the first running back go? No way. So to me, oh man, <laughs> this is the Buffalo Bills trading up to number 23 overall. You have a couple of different positions available to you. Most sense to me would be Devontae Wyatt, but I don't know what they're thinking. Jermaine Johnson? Jermaine Johnson doesn't make as much sense to me as Devontae Wyatt. And the reason I say that is their, their defensive end help, help is longer term than their defensive tackle help. I don't know. Could it be a cornerback? I mean, Kyer Elam, Andrew Booth Jr., potentially off the board around this range. Could they have been trading back to one of those guys? Cornerback could make some sense to me. Honestly, more than Jermaine Johnson. I don't know. While we're while we're deliberating here, Torque, appreciate the uh, the follow to my personal Twitch there. Yes, that's why I have Big Ben and then Big Ben forty four up there instead of Bug, uh, because I I shamelessly plug myself here, but I shamelessly plug BDT on my personal channel too. So nobody needs to get hurt feelings. Y'all can y'all can relax. Doug, enjoy your pee break. We'll see you back here in a little bit. Look, they're they're showing all the wide receivers taken. 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 18. And we get the details of the trade here. Ravens are going back to 25, and they're also getting the fourth-round pick this year from the Bills. Look, I personally think they have to be going running back. I know Doug was kind of going back and forth, him and hawing about it. I have no faith in that position for him. And when you look at that team, they – they didn't use the running back a lot, but it's because they didn't have anything reliable. I think you lock that position down. You're looking at the class of the AFC for the next couple of years. I think the Bengals got – Bengals definitely had a little bit of luck, right? I don't it, think there's any denying that. It's uh, it's not a running back, sir. I mean, I guess we'll see here. Doug's just going pee. It's fine. We'll be back. Jair Elam. Kair. Close enough. <laughs> I was one letter off. Uh, Doug called it. He said he said defensive back makes sense here, and it, and it does. Uh, the Bills need some help there. Uh, they have for a while. Uh, this is one of the better defensive backs. And when you, compare, when you compare them to the rest of the AFC – the teams that they have to play against, the teams that they're, you know, going against when you get to the to the playoffs, you have to button up that secondary. Yeah, I I, I ask this question every day there in Buckley. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know why we doubt Doug anymore. Um, he kind of just has the Dougopedia of football. <laughs> make it <laughs> a shirt. The make the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make the shirt. Make the shirt. Once we get merch available, it'll be a BDT shirt, and then number two, no pun intended, will be the Dougopedia. 
Hey, M. So Buckley, I appreciate you. Left. <laughs> dude, dude, you left, and Ben goes, yeah, I don't care what I, I don't really care what Doug was saying. He was hemming and hawing up there about how they're not going to – they need a running back. They're going to go running back here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so definitely ad-libbed a little here, bit, but – Here's here's my thought process with this. Let me explain this a little bit. Um, running back makes absolute sense to the Buffalo Bills at this point simply because of where the offense is. They have Josh Allen. They have an offensive line that they've even invested in in this offseason. They have a receiving core. Basically, it's just Stephon Diggs at the same time. That is a complete receiving core if you have Stephon Diggs. So, what are you really looking for? You need to look for something to compete with the rest of the top of the AFC. That's, that's exactly out, where I was going. You've been knocked out by the Chiefs. You've been knocked out by the Chiefs. You've been knocked out by the Chiefs. So now you're going to be knocked out by the Dolphins if you don't cover the same thing that the Chiefs provided you in previous years. So you need to cover Tyreek Quite Hill. literally this same Cheetah. How in the world do you do that if you don't take a first-round corner that's exactly what I thought they might do. That's exactly what they ended up doing here. They traded up to take but somebody did they need to trade up for it? cover, you know, one of those top-round guys. But did they and need to trade up for him? It's hard to imagine that they didn't. I mean, my goodness, the way some of these guys have been falling off the board, I really didn't think the receivers would be going off the board as soon as they did. Honestly, I didn't think the, the corners would be going off the board as fast as they did. And the, right, the the Buffalo Bills had to move up the board to make sure they got their guy, the guy that they wanted all along. I, I believe, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you wouldn't move up the board in this kind of a spot in 25 to 23 unless you were absolutely confident that it was your guy. It was the guy that you wanted. It was the guy that you thought could cover your opponents and the guy that you couldn't live without. So it was the guy that you thought you could do, you yep. know, a different coverage scheme with this guy. You would have waited on it. Yeah. But it was the guy that you couldn't live without. It was the guy that you couldn't cover your division without this specific guy. Move up for that player. Get him at number 23. So, moving on, looking forward to the Cowboys pick here. This has to be Daxton Hill here, doesn't it? Get that safety over the top. Protect, protect Trayvon Diggs. Because the Lord knows it's either intercepted or going for six. One direction or the other. Um, what do you think? I, I, Dash Nil makes a lot of sense here for me. Before we get there, I do have a question. Do we know what the details details were of the trade for the Bills? Yeah, so they swapped uh, 25 for 23 and a fourth round go to the Ravens. This year, that, fourth round from this year. That makes a lot of sense to me. I understand that. Um, let me do that real quick. Is the Draft Network going to let you do it? Is The Draft Network's it probably is. in full meltdown mode. 
right now. It is going to let me do that, and I'm going to make sure that <laughs> the I draft network just turned on four trades. Like everything's going tonight, boys. <laughs> So speaking of uh, four strays, could you imagine Madden trying to figure this one out? The game would crash. Yes. The game would crash. Wait. So, all right. The real conversation. This isn't going to happen. I'm going to be real with you guys. This is not what the pick is. The pick is already in for the Dallas Cowboys. This is not what the pick is. I would love to see. Tyler Linderbaum go to the Dallas Cowboys here. That I I just want to see Kyle Linderbaum get picked so you guys will both erupt at the same time and we can just get it over with. Yeah. I was going to ask, what at what point did the Bengals trade up? Like, first off, is he even – do you guys even think he is the Bengals guy? And at so what point it, did they say, we need, to, we need to make this happen? So here's a consideration – uh, in the past couple of drafts, Sanders haven't gone for quite a while. I think the Bengals can stay put at, tw- at 31 and still get Tyler Linderbaum. I think that's a legitimate possibility, even though Tyler Linderbaum, to me, is one of the top five players in this entire draft class. I almost lost my shit because it is definitely a Tyler that is off the board. Uh, it's Tyler Smith. Tyler. Yep. Yep. I knew out of- you were going with that. American Athletic Conference represent. First off, I... it sounds like he should be out of fucking BYU. Hey now. <laughs> one of my one of my very good like friends is named Tyler Smith, and he is not Mormon at all. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he almost he thought he got syphilis from a stripper at one point in his life. Very not Mormon of him. So because he's so not a, Mormon. So a Jack Mormon copy. Not Mormon at all. <laughs> he now enjoys eating crayons in his free time. Oh, oh, what? Wow, that's very. In his free time or on his work time? Yes. <laughs> I I love this conversation so much. Um, Stop so showing good. me double team highlights, guys. Could you not have found a better highlight for him? No, because we're watching ESPN. They need to put us the oh, big yeah. news in the trenches that, in charge. Now that I'm looking at him, he definitely plays. doesn't belong at BYU. Well, let's be let's definitely be does not there. belong at BYU. Jesus Christ! Let's be real here. Um, the center is also a sacrilege to be going to first Um. All right, as as a draft analyst, I have to say. Tyler Smith is one of my favorite prospects, like, as a tackle overall. Um, as a overall draft prospect, he's probably a second-round player. And now, why do I make that separation? Tyler Smith makes so much sense to me as a Titans player. I am not kidding about that. He is a run stuffer, a mauler up front. If you plug him in at right tackle, he will drive, 
your right guard, you know, the, the guy you assigned to right guard, he will drive that guy back another 15 yards, you know, what your right guard would do. Tyler Smith is amazing at that. And at Tulsa, he did the same exact thing as what I'm describing. Nowhere in the NFL is that actually reasonably productive, except for the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts, right? The AFC South is the only division in football where that is plausible. And the only team in the AFC South that has a legitimate pick at that position is the Tennessee Titans. And they already picked a different position. So what in the world do you do at 25? Some of you, Tug, what do you think? The only thing I can think is that they're trying to rebuild that run game. So back when they were successful in 2015, Zeke's rookie year, Dak's rookie year, it was a lot based on that run game to the point where I was upset. Um, I was upset personally that Dak got rookie of the year, not Zeke. So the only thing I can think is they're trying to get back to that power style run game that you're talking about that is successful for Tennessee. That's the only way that this makes sense to me. They did lose a lot off that line. And yes, Ben, I know they have Tony Pollard as well. I agree. But if you punch him in the mouth with Zeke and then come over the top with Tony, that that's absolutely insane to think I, about what that might do to defenses. Well, I would, I've I've said, and I I don't think I'm in the minority anymore. I think the Cowboys would be better off moving away from Zeke at this point. Fully committing to Pollard, rebuilding that offensive line. When you look at it, that's really what's been hamstringing them lately, right? And they lost some guy, some pieces on the receiving core. So I don't really know. I it makes sense. Yeah. Protect Dak, help establish your run game better. But as far as everything else on that team, look, this is I want to call this a safe pick. It's a smart pick, but it's also a safe pick. Can't go wrong building up your offensive line here if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Are they signing sandwiches? Yes. Yes, they are. Thank you. On the bread. They're absolute madmen. You can't eat that now. What the hell? Don't believe you just watched. This asshole's painting a picture of Roger Goodell and like 15 dudes on the side here. Like, what in the world? Man, I love Vegas. Oh God. I love Las Vegas. The way he was moving, John, he did a lot of cocaine. His brain is going 100 miles per hour right now. Bug, before you say another word, John Tugas, I swear to you, if you have an opportunity to purchase some of these cards that we have seen players walk through the green room and onto the stage with, they have these helmets on, they look like different teams, like logos and colors. I will will get them. I will repay you if you need to. I swear to God, these colors, these cards are amazing, and I love them. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. I have missed it. Well, then you need to purchase a free subscription to a new streaming service. <laughs> Look, I'll say this, though. Speaking of cards, 
Again, football podcast. If you're a baseball fan, Topps Now cards, well worth the investment. Absolutely. Only available for 24 wow. hours, though. So, unfortunately, you have missed your chance to get a Miguel Cabrera 3,000th hit commemorative card. Unless, I did not, though. Unless, unless you buy some unopened packs and you get lucky. That's true. Unless, That's true. Get lucky. Dude, I am very excited for anything. Uh, for MLB packs this year. Uh, but we're talking about the NFL draft, and I am so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited, dude. The pick is in, and it has been for the next, like, 20 minutes, but... Uh, I know. This so, needs to be a receiver. Like, I feel like I've said this all afternoon. This needs to be a receiver, right? Just, like, just to make sure. Just to make sure that we're on the same page, I am waiting for number twenty-five overall with Baltimore Ravens. Uh, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. The former Cleveland Browns. Just so you know, in case just you forgot. Sure. The Baltimore Ravens have traded for Deshaun Watson, so they're dead to me. Um, <laughs> Todd, go ahead and announce it when you know it. There we go. Announce it. I don't know it yet. Announce I it. did not think the Ravens needed a center. Hey. It is Tyler Linderbaum. What a draft. Wow. What a draft. So the Ravens, hold on. Let me get this right. The Ravens have absolutely taken what my plan for the Bengals was and applied it to themselves. Their entire offensive yes. scheme now they is have... quarterback rollouts. They have absolutely cucked the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. No, 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 but, like, their only, their absolute only thing they can do on offense John. is roll Lamar Jackson out John. with Tyler Linderbaum in front of him. Like, John, listen to me. Stop calling listen me John, real- dude. You don't call me John on the show. Stop <laughs> calling me John. Tug, 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 tug. There you go. Tug. Listen to me real quick. Real quick. Oh my god, the Titans traded their pick to the New York football Jets. Why do the Jets need backup in this bitch? Why did the Titans not include that pick in their first trade? We are breaking Doug live on air. Oh my goodness. That is the only response to how crazy tonight has been so far. I am convinced that the only reason that the uh, any team that did not have a first round pick in this draft has not traded into the first round is because they just weren't at their phones because they're like, there's no way we're getting into it. The price is too fucking high, man. That's all it comes down to. I don't know what this Bro, that was the thought. All it took was a fucking A.J. Brown. I... I... (laughs) This draft is going to kill Doug. You're exactly right. And he wants to do it tomorrow. He wants to magically make it through tonight and kill himself again tomorrow. Why are we... Hold on. Hold on. Backing this up. Why are we showing wrestling highlights? We're watching Tyler Linderbaum wrestle. (laughs) 
The dreads. The dreads? Did you say words? I don't know. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Collect yourself, good sir. He's so broken right now. He's gotta he's gotta gather himself. I just it's ESPN's coverage that's throwing me off, man. Like, why are you showing me wrestling highlights and going leverage? Like, you could have shown me that on the football field. Fundamentals of wrestling make good offensive linemen. The, the Jets are on the clock. Yes, we said that. What? We said that. Yes, I. What? They traded, the Titans traded back to the Jets. The New York football, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 the goddamn Jets. Why? I don't even know which way they're going with this. I guess that's the good thing about being the Jets is you can take literally anybody. And still get worse. Literally, (laughs) and still get worse. But yeah, that big corn Here's Here's the other thing. You gotta figure Linderbaum being an offensive lineman at Iowa is probably from Iowa. So he was they just showed him winning. He's probably an elite wrestler as well. Because that's what Iowa does. They make big corn fred corn fed boys. Corn fred Iowa boys. Dominate wrestling and dominate the trenches, that offensive line. He was from Solon, Iowa. There you go. What did I say? Wrestling lineman. Cornbread. There you go. He played for Solon High School. Yeah, they're cornbread, too. Where he was Army All-American for offensive line and played for the University of Iowa. Wow. Hey, Hey, Ben, have you ever seen anyone's brain buffer in real time? Because everybody on our stream has at this point. Oh my gosh, dude! I legitimately, legitimately do not understand what is happening. So what? So the best part is, yeah, there you go. The best part is when I pull oh somebody God. out of stream. Cornbread Iowa boys. When I pull somebody out of stream, we can still see them. They're just kind of grayed out in our little uh, studio here. Doug was losing his mind the entire time. Don't he think he stopped. Did. All right, folks, legitimately understand, this is the most insane first round we have seen in at least, at least the past nine years. So, so Doug. routine was wild, but come on, 2013 was not as wild as this. Doug, where you were expecting the Jets to go with number, like, no. four. They went with Jermaine Johnson at number 26. What? They got their guy. He was probably their guy all along. This is some draft day movie bullshit going on. Do you know their GM's holding a note in his pocket that says, always Jermaine Johnson? Well, if that was the case, they'd have picked him number, you know, with their first pick. You would No, no, no. Tampa Bay has traded their pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I need a break at this point. What? Yes. Yes. That that just happened. What is going on? What? I don't I don't understand. I I feel like So in true Jacksonville fashion is this uh Brees Hall? There's no way. I agree. There's no way. I Well because we all say there's no way is exactly why there is in fact a way. I. <laughs> this welcome, is all. Welcome, Torque. Welcome to the craziness. This is the NFL this draft. is not at all how draft the NFL draft normally goes. This is not at all how the NFL draft normally goes. This is this is unprecedented levels of insanity. I'm going to be honest with you. All right, all right. So breaking the fourth wall a bit for our people, for people, our fourth wall listeners. Our fourth people. Here's a legitimate look at how our corn wall coverage is prepared. I legitimately expected like our first four-ish all of you know, the picks. I expected there would be a conversation with some of these edge rushers, between a couple of these edge rushers, a couple of some of these you know, offensive tackles, do we actually take edge walker, you know, offensive tackle in number six overall? Do we take him at number five overall? Do we take a wide receiver at number eight overall? Oh my goodness. We would have never in a trillion years expected this exact round one to this point in the draft. Because, oh my goodness, to pick 26, Jermaine Johnson. To me, honestly, Jermaine Johnson was a top 10 overall selection in the mock draft. How in the world do you take him at 26 overall? After trading back up for the third time to get him. There was a legitimate chance you take him at number 10 and they trade back and get him at number 26. Not only that, but the Jaguars trade up and take another pick at number 27 overall. Oh my goodness. Doug, I'm going to let you have fun with this comment of this question from from a follower out there. I'm going to let you have fun with this one. I don't even know what you're talking about. Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Is number two on Mel Kuyper's big board right now. Let's be real here. Malik Willis is one of the best quarterback prospects in this draft class. He is not. He is not at all one of the best quarterbacks in this draft class. That is my legitimate comparison of him. He is the best mobile quarterback of this class. He is one of the most upside 
quarterbacks of this class compared to the other draft picks at this spot and this round, I don't know if I would take him. I mean, you're comparing him to Kenny Pickett to some other first-round picks. Honestly, you're comparing him to Desmond Ritter. Is Malik Willis really better right now than Desmond Ritter? I don't know. He's a different player, right? So are you looking for a deep threat guy? Are you looking for a handoff guy? Are you looking for a mid-range guy? Are you looking for a accuracy right now guy versus a you know deep threat arm guy? Those kind of differences really make up what you're looking for. I don't know what the Steelers are going to want to do at number 26. The Jaguars? The Jags. If if they do go at 26, and now that we know that it's not a quarterback at 26, that leaves the Jaguars at 27, right? I I knew what I was doing, guys. You you thought I didn't know what I was doing when I said the Steelers 26. All right, so there was a lot of conversation before the draft started that the Steelers would trade back from number 20 into the 26-27 range and still get Malik Willis. That was a legitimate conversation between not only me, but from some legitimate draft coverage guys, would they trade back in the mid-20s and still get Malik Willis? That is obviously still not the case. No way. No way do the Jaguars take quarterback here. What in the world do they but take? But does Green, does Green Bay take a quarterback? <laughs> Another first-round quarterback for Green Bay. Back-to-back years. How awesome would that be? <laughs> it wouldn't be back-to-back years. Jordan Love wasn't drafted last year. That's true. It was two years ago. Either way. I think it was 2020. It was three years ago, my dude. It was two years ago. 2020 is two years ago. Three drafts You're living ago. in the future. No. 2020. Two ago. 2021. This is 2022. Any way you do the math. Any way you know how, do the You know how you know? <laughs> because they didn't have a preseason two seasons ago. It was they did last right? year, and yeah. that was Jordan Love's preseason debut. You're right. And he looked awful. So I can only imagine Green Bay wants to take a quarterback here in the first round again, even though they just signed Aaron Rodgers to an extension. Who still hasn't reported to me, can't. I can't imagine that. No way. There's no, no way they way. do, but it would make my night. It would make it would <laughs> make, make my mind. night too. Honestly, Doug, <laughs> your Packers. night's already made, man. I don't even give a shit. My Packer is solidified. My my pack is solidified with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave going in round one. I am back to back. Back of back at two. That is insane. They went in the top fifteen of the draft. Both. Of them. I'm very happy. Devin Both Lloyd of out of Utah. Going to the wow. Jazz. Wow. 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 So are they ever going to address the problem with their offensive line? No. Mm. 
what's going on here? Like this, legitimately, what's going on here? I, so, I get wanting to rebuild your defense. I do. I, I understand this pick, Ben, because there's not really another quarterback. You got to keep in mind, they're picking at 33, I believe, unless they traded that. Um, the issue is, I don't think there's a, a lineman that is currently on the board that's worth jumping at right now. I I wouldn't I wouldn't jump out at them and reach. I would rather get a position that I need, especially when you're as bad as the Jags are, right? I need a linebacker anyway, so I might as well get one that's in my pick range without reaching for it, than reaching for a lineman that I hope works out. These are facts. I am bad at math. This is really what I wanted the people to see. Torque, you have a clip of him being bad at math. Please go to at BDT football on Twitter. Send it there. I will put it up on all of our social medias for everybody to make fun of. It'll be a good time had by all, except probably Tug. I will probably enjoy it because I know where he has this clip from. So the Packers are up next at pick number 28. They were on the clock for all of like five seconds. And yeah, ESPN is already showing that the pick is in. While Devin Lloyd is still walking out to the stage. Because it's the first round of the NFL draft. The way he picked up Roger Goodell, I was he was this close to going for a suplex and getting that 10 mil. I don't, it wasn't a punch to the dick, but I think Elon Musk would have given him 10 milli for it. I'm, I'm just going to ask. Like, does Roger Goodell enjoy being completely manhandled by these guys? Like, there is nothing he can do up there to stop what they're doing. Yeah, it's... Man, this is... Wow. Talk about versatility, though, for him. He is all over the field for plenty of snaps. Man, I, I, I really do love this pick. Doug, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm hiccuping something fierce after the Devin Lloyd pick. Please take me out of the stream for like two minutes. Let me recover. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Kuyper's going on and on here. Look. I appreciate what the Jaguars are doing. A hundred percent. I really do. The problem is you're leaving Trevor Lawrence very exposed without a ton of weapons to throw to. You've got a running back that should be great. Travis Etienne should be great, but you haven't seen it because he missed all of last season. You're going in with Doug Peterson, a proven coach, but a very limited coach, one thing that could help him is having a solid offensive line. I don't know what the thought process here is here. I don't know. Look, marketing-wise, Saxonville, bring it back. It's a great thing for the Jaguars. It's worked before. It'll work again. And I know Shad Khan is a fantastic businessman. You don't make as much money as he has without being that. And that's how he treats the Jaguars, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world, right? It's I'm not accurate. a Jaguars fan. 
So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings that maybe they're they're making more business decisions versus making the best football decision. But when you're looking at this purely from what makes their team better on the field, I don't think you can honestly sit there and say loading up on defense is the answer. Are there guys that they can get in the second round and beyond or maybe even trade for one of these last few picks in the first round here? Absolutely. So, so when we did our, our draft preview, and this is why I'm okay with this pick for them. When we draft did their draft preview, what did you say their aim point was? If I remember right, you had said they were a best player available type team, right? Yes. The, 100% they are. 100% they are. And that's what they went after. Devin Lloyd is arguably, was arguably the best player available. That's that's why I'm okay with this pick. Sorry, I get distracted by Andrew with her on my TV. Um, yeah, I was I was same thing, exact same <laughs> thing. Andrew, they're showing Andrew Whitworth giving his speech, accepting the Walter Payton Award. Again, fantastic award we've talked about several times on this show, and I think he is coming out to make the pick because they still got all the Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, mumbo jumbo. I shouldn't say mumbo jumbo displays backdrops up there. Yep, there he is, Andrew Whitworth. Retires on top as a player and on top with his team. You'll love to see it. But the pick is in. Look, do they take a wide receiver? We got, I don't we got to ask like the question. Enough one available. I honestly, I if they do, it's a reach. If they do, it's a reach. But what else do they really need? Looking at what's available, what else would make sense for them to take in the first round? line but again that's a reach at this point too yeah they they have put themselves in a kind of shitty position here i'm curious to see where they go here god please god malik willis i'll just say it one more time please god malik willis (laughs) andrew whitworth is up here talking and look i I've never been so excited for a Packers pick in my life because if they go without taking a wide receiver, you're going to have a hard time getting anything out of me the rest of the night because I'm going to be living on Packers Twitter, seeing that entire fan base implode on itself. It is just. Can we just make the pick? My dude, stop talking to me. Like, you were on the stage to make the pick, you have had your speech. That's true. That's true. But he's done in the NFL. He's a man of the year. He's challenging all the players in the NFL to try and emulate him. Put all their work, you know, put some money in free time. Yeah, put some money in free time into into the community, which honestly is a great message. I would like right, him we, to emulate Roger Goodell and make the goddamn pick. We touched on it a little bit that uh, Alvin Kamara is questionable going into the season. For that matter, so is Deshaun Watson. The NFL doing their investigation. They have no answer yet for what's going to happen with him. Alvin Kamara haven't heard any updates on him. 
Let's see where the Packers go. There we go. They don't take they don't take a wide receiver. The tradition continues. I I would not be upset with that pick. Again, there oh, when you man. look at it, the next available receiver is John Mechie, and this is still way too soon for him. Um I'm okay with this pick. Although loading up on UGA defensive players will not have the effect that you think it does. I know. And it's beautiful. This is... Uh, really? Really? Bring me back. Bring me uh, back. Immediately it comes. Yeah. Um, that's that's his life you, my dude. For... For multiple reasons. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> you gotta pinch the webbing of your thumb. That's what you gotta do. Just just grab it. Grab it and hold. Ben asking. <laughs> Ben asking you shower Steve. Check the BDT Twitter account. I'm trying. So Packer and me really makes a lot of sense. Defensive line makes a lot of sense. Um, defensive back doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you gotta think of what the Packers really need here. Who do they cut? Who do they need? They need defensive end. Defensive edge. They know, need defense in, in general. Um, it's not just to be a cornerback position. It's a defensive back. Position. Holy shit! The Patriots made a pick. It's not a trade. So in general, past the front four, we need somebody else on the defense. Golly, dude. Um. It makes a lot of sense to me. Honestly, it really does. I know, you know, last week mock draft, I didn't have any receivers going in the first round of the mock draft, which you were very excited about, Bug, because you hate Packers and you don't I want do. them to take a receiver. I do. Uh, at the same right, time, I, I think it makes sense to them to not take a receiver in the first round because they need so many positions. Um, most particularly quarterback and edge in general, in general, whether it's a defensive end or a linebacker, uh, edge and corner. That's those are huge positions of need. Other than wide receiver backers. All right, Doug, I'm gonna cut you out. Go get a tablespoon of sugar for real. It'll 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 do the trick. I promise you. I've been there. <laughs> It is the silver bullet. All right, we're going to cut you out real quick. And I, I wanted, I also wanted to cut him out because there's something that I wanted to bring up that has been kind of blown out of proportion. And we had talked about it earlier, uh, Tug and I, about uh, about Colin Kaepernick, right? Now, the Raiders don't have a pick, and it, I want to say it's unlikely they're going to trade into the first round at this point. But they currently... Don't have a pick. 
can only trade with New England. New England's pick is in Kansas City, Cincinnati, and the Vikings are left. Well, I don't see a trade happening there. It's it's worth noting, too, that the Packers pick that they just made was the Raiders' pick. Yes. So, what you got to look at here, though, and Robert, thank you. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them in there. Uh, I see your comment there from Facebook. Appreciate you joining us today. But Mark Davis's comments about welcoming Colin Kaepernick with open arms has been blown way out of proportion. People thinking that he's a surefire going to the Raiders, that they've already sent him an offer, anything like that. It's worth noting that a lot of the controversy or uh, – I can't I can't think of the word, but a lot of, what a lot of people have said is he's not going to play somewhere unless he can start, and he's obviously not going to start over Derek Carr, right? So supposedly ago, he has backed off on that, yes. A couple weeks ago, he did. He did a couple weeks ago come out and say, I just want a chance, right? So, all, all, look, I, I've been opposed really heavily to talking about Colin Kaepernick because that was the narrative that was out there. I've seen him talk about it. I've seen him come out and say, I'll back up. I just want a chance. So let's look at who they have at quarterback here. Obviously, Derek Carr. But then also on their depth chart is Nick Mullins and Garrett Gilbert. While he has not been offered a contract, he hasn't been offered a tryout, he hasn't been offered anything from the Raiders, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. You need to bring him in. You need to at least give him a workout. Yeah. But also... Very clear, want to make this very clear, he has been offered nothing to this point, only that Mike Davis, Mark Davis rather, is sitting here saying, yeah, he deserves a chance and we'd welcome him with open arms. So take that however you want. Maybe we do see him in Las Vegas and it would be interesting, it would absolutely be interesting to see him in a Raiders uniform. What did you see? Are you losing your mind? Reports I'm getting on Twitter. Uh, there is one Tennessee school that is going to lead the day in draft picks. Really? Cole Strange to the New England Patriots. Out of Chattanooga. Out of UT Chat. Fucking Bill Unreal. does it again. Real. What? Hey, he's a former Air Force Falcon. What is going on here? I <laughs> Okay. We absolutely need Doug back. I hope he's not dead. And <laughs> what is going on here? Cole Strange out of UT Chat. I honestly know nothing about this dude. Unless you know something about him as the former, former Air Force Falcons player. We're completely out of our depth talking about this. It feels like a reach. Hold on. ESPN has it as a 93% chance that he'd be available at pick 54, which is New England's next pick. Um, I cannot even find that he was at the academy. That's what they said. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Because it said 2018 to present, he was at uh, UTC. So there's no way, because that's four years. Um, No, it's definitely a reach, but it's also not out of the realm of what Bill does. Holy shit, the Chiefs pick is already in. Hey, 
Ben, look at the time. We're running up at the end of the broadcast time. Do you think they care? Yes. George Karloftis, that one makes sense. Um, yes, yeah, so for Cole Strange, it, it's a reach, but it's it's within the realm of normal things for Bill. Um, I, I'm not surprised. It's a guard. It fills a need, uh, and he can work with him and make him better. Uh, George Karloftis here, like Doug said, he's an athletic freak. Um, can play kind of all over the field. Is really raw in terms of his linebacker uh, skills. Edge. They're uh, gonna they're gonna have him at edge. But you can rotate him around and mold him the way you want him, which is what the Chiefs need. And yes, I do think that that increasingly becomes edge for the Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. That you could tell the Dallas position on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, their their secondary is hurting as well. But this was an area where they struggled, especially. Man. Is Cincinnati one T or two two T's? Or is it two N's? I can two never N. remember. It's two I N's. Mean, it's two N's, two T's. Uh, I know that's not right. Two N, one T? That look. No, that looks wrong. That doesn't look right. Uh, two Somebody N's. help me. Well, it technically ends, three ends. Look, you know what I'm talking about. He didn't make it very long at the academy. <clears throat> um, yes, I agree. Going with the athletic freak in George Karloftis, that makes sense. For the Chiefs. They need him to be able to do whatever, wherever on the field. I honestly kind of look at this as maybe a little bit of a Michael Parsons type player. Where you're just going to be able to plug and play anywhere on that defensive side of the ball in that front seven. For the Chiefs, they need it. I almost would have gone defensive back here. But I think they did earlier in the draft. And that's why they traded up. It's so long ago. So much has happened. I honestly don't remember who so, they picked. So I just realized why they announced that pick so quick. They had no idea in who anything ready to prep was. to talk about Cole Strange. Yeah. So they, no, I guarantee it. Yeah, they made the pick. The Chiefs were in, and Roger Goodell said, hey, let's go before that. Yeah. Yeah, because now they're sitting here like, hey, let's talk about, let's talk about Malik yeah. Willis. Let's spend, you know, 15 minutes talking about George Karloftis. Look, it's excusable for us to maybe not know everything. I wish our Dougapedia was here uh, to fill us our a Dougapedia little bit Our Dougapedia is currently in, recovering. Yeah, fill us in a little bit more on George Strange. Cole, Cole. Strange, sorry. Cole yeah. Strange. Get his George name right, damn it. But, man, ESPN not have – and I get it. I, to a degree, I get it, right? There is no way they you thought this dude was going for in the first round. Well, and there's no given, way they thought he was going in the first round. He was given at the end of the first round. You need to expect because he was given a granted. It was mid to late round two grade is what he was grading it at. So it it is a reach. It's just it's not that big of the re, of a reach for the Pats. Not as big as people would have you believe. Because it's Bill Belichick. Exactly. And that honestly, he's calculated that ninety ninety three percent chance that. He was going to be there in round two. He didn't didn't like the odds. 
He just he was not a fan of it. it but was, hey, and, and Bill's a big kind of if that's my guy, I'm going to take him now kind of guy. True, true. But this is our last commercial break before the end of Supposedly. the first round of the draft. Uh, we've got two picks left. The Bengals are on the clock. It's showing their pick is in. We'll talk about what they need. Obviously, we think they need offensive line. I hope that's where they go. But, yeah, it's tough. I don't know what's there. We saw Austin Eckler on screen earlier. He is a part owner of Should Have Been Stars of the FCF. So, let's talk about the FCF. It's the last thing that we have to get to today. And let's talk about last week. I already mentioned I didn't watch any of the games. I do plan on watching this weekend, so don't worry. I'll have a little more insight into the FCF and what's going on with that league. The Zappers suck. The Zappers do suck. We'll talk about them in a second. Board 8 Football Club won against Team 8 Oki, 32-14. Knights of D-Gen won 28-8 over the Kingpins. The Glacier Boys dominated the Zappers, 44-6, and Should Have Been Stars wins 24-6 over the Beast. The OG teams that faced off in the People's Championship last year dominated the rest of the OG teams this week. And going into next week, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all works out. We've got the Beast against Team 8 Oki, Board 8 Football Club against the Kingpins, should have been Stars against the Glacier Boys, and Knights of D-Gen against the Zappers. Wow. There goes Tug. There goes Tug, and there goes me uh, back into coverage. Uh <laughs> This has been a long night of Mark Round One coverage. I was gonna say, what a wild round it has been. Do you know anything about Cole Strange, guard out of UT Chat? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. We um, missed you, buddy. <laughs> Good, because he, he's New England Patriot now. Did he go in round one? Yes. He did, number 30 overall. Bill wow. Belichick. No, number 29. Number 29. Number 29, you're Carloftis right. Right. went number 30 to the Chiefs. <laughs> welcome back to the welcome back to the stream, Doug. You are now caught up. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> if that is not the most Bill Belichick move ever, I really don't know what was. It's pretty Bill Bill Belichick, gotta admit. Um, wow. I don't know how else to describe it. It's pretty Bill Belichick. <laughs> Here's how unprepared ESPN was to talk about Cole Strange. Normally, they're spending about 10, 15 minutes talking about the pick, and then by the time they announce the next pick, the pick after that's already in. Right. They said, Cole Strange, UT Chattanooga. And yeah. now the Kansas City Chiefs picks being announced as George Karloftis. <laughs> to which we've now spent 10 minutes talking about George Karloftis. And a commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Cole Strange is one of those guys who legitimately shot up draft boards this past week. Like... People didn't really expect him to go until the end of round two, maybe. He's one of those guys, though, who really stands out when you look at, like, run coverage. 
specifically. Uh, some close concept draft coverage where you're looking at you know, line protection, you're looking at up-the-gut protection. Cole Strange is one of those guys who legitimately changes the game up front for you. And I think that's something the Patriots really haven't had in a long time. And now the Bengals have come in with pick 31 overall. Taxton Hill. <laughs> Where's he from? What school did he go to? Shut the fuck up, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I Honestly, anything else would have been a reach for an offensive lineman. This doesn't surprise me. But. No. What makes sense to me, what's really weird as far as graphics go to me, this Daxon Hill makes way more sense as like a, you know, positional, as like a, a uh, I don't know what, what I'm looking for, a scheme fit draft pick. Than almost anyone else in this draft right here at 31. This makes a lot of sense to me, and I don't know. I don't like any of the options. <laughs> where, where do the Vikings go here? So the last time the Vikings traded up to this kind of a spot was uh, when they drafted Teddy Bridgewater. They drafted, they traded back. Right. Well, they traded back in this draft as well. I, th- I thought you they traded up the last time they traded back on this one. That, okay. Ghost Falcon, what are you talking about, Memphis? What you what you getting at here? As much as I would love to see Dylan Parham or Calvin Austin the third go here at pick number thirty two, I don't see that happening at all. No. Yeah. Um I really don't know. I, I, I'm I would curious. have said safety, but they just got robbed of that option. Yeah, somebody to play opposite of Harrison Smith. But what, I mean, who are they actually going to put out there now? I don't know. <laughs> That's a short answer. I don't know. This is a this this has just been a wild night. Okay, okay, work with me here. I know he just signed another extension because he constantly gets quarterback. Extensions. What if they go Malik Willis here? You are said you, the last time they traded you? back to this level, they drafted a Teddy Bridgewater. Are you copying Mel Kiper or is this this evil side? I didn't even think of that. No, that, that, that was me thinking. Okay. I, man, or Desmond Ritter, if they don't want to do. I that, don't. I don't think Desmond Ritter is the one here. <laughs> it it, there are some reasons why Desmond Ritter would make sense. Kirk Cousins, hat, look, Kirk Cousins has to be a smart dude. There's no other reason that you keep him on your roster as long as he's been there in Minnesota. He's an okay enough player, but for him to be on the Vikings this long, 
he is set oh, between the ears, right? That's bottom line. It has to come down to that. So, with that in mind, Desmond Ritter, very similar style quarterback, sitting behind a guy like Kirk Cousins. That might not be the worst thing in the world. Do they do it? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens here because for whatever reason, we're drawing out the final pick of the draft. What is going on? Because Roger Goodell, put the drink down, come back out here. He's probably getting a spoonful of sugar. He got oh, the hiccups. Dude, dude, I'm telling you, he was toasted earlier. The amount of names he's fucked up tonight, he... Roger Goodell's feeling good. The Vikings Mandalorian helmet, I appreciate it. I love everything about it. I like it more than the old men with braids and Vikings helmets. Um, the Mandalorian helmet. That's that's the new move. That's the way we – this is the way. This is the way, Vikings fans. Go with the Mando helmets. Get your lives together. Doug, don't fall asleep on us, buddy. You're almost there, man. <laughs> I have, like, three draft picks left in me before I throw them all up. So, let's go. Where you at, well, this, oh, is, this it is. is it. This is the last one. Where you got? We'll see. It's coming. Hurry up, Vikings, or else I'm going to not make it. Not very on. Lewis yes. Seen. Lewis Seen. Okay. Safety. There it is. We called it. We called the safety. Did Georgia just set a record for most players drafted in the first round? Most defensive players drafted in the first round. Wow. Ironically, Nicobe Dean is still on the board, by the way. Josh. <laughs> All right. Honestly, it's a great pick. It's a great fit. We said they needed a safety. I think we're all in agreement there. As much as ESPN is going to drag this out for the next 20 minutes, I don't think we need to. Uh, four hours is the most time that we've ever actually streamed, I think. So, good no, for this us, is Nerf. this is how long last year's draft was. I promise. I edited okay, that for so the it's the version. second time we've drafted, or we, we yeah we've drafted for four hours. Pardon me. <laughs> I love that Green Bay went two front seven players in the first round. It makes me smile. And didn't bit. take a wide receiver. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the rest of my night on Packers Twitter and just grin ear to ear. I'm gonna spend like the, the rest chest eye cat on the toilet uh, puking yeah. up the rest of this month for trout. So. <laughs> All right. Too much excitement gonna, for you, huh? I'm gonna take us out of here. I do have news for everybody. I have now officially signed up to be blind uh, and be a football zebra. I mean ref. Um We'll see how that goes for me, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll have new rule insights and have a new respect for uh, for refs. I doubt it, but maybe. But uh, I'm gonna get, take get us ready out of for here. all the hate and all the heat. Yeah, but hey, I, let, I hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Hey, Doug. Yeah. Can February, March? No, um, but April, May. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for listening and watching. And just remember, you can't win a game.